0: Hello everyone, and welcome to the Filmcast, a podcast about movies. I'm David Chen, and usually when characters appear out of my past to confront me for my mistakes, I call it a panic attack. Joining me today <laughs> is Devendra Hardwar.
1: I can't wait for the next Spider-Man movie. Never leave home again.
0: Good God,
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's, Jeff Ka- that's what we're all living.
0: Yeah, yeah, Je- Jeff Kanata.
2: With great intellectual property (laughs) comes great responsibility. Oh,
1: man. I almost did
0: exactly that, Jeff. Almost. (laughs) And joining us today, he is one of the hosts of the Amazing Spider Talk podcast, Dank Vosden.
3: I'm back. I'm back!
0: (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Welcome to the show, everyone. Uh, Those are, of course, all subtle references to the fact that today on this podcast, we are going to be bringing you our much-anticipated review of Spider-Man No Way Home, and we got a Spider-Man expert to join us for it. Dan, welcome back to the podcast, man.
3: I'm always happy to be here, David. Thank you all for for having me. Um, I've been looking forward to this all week. Well, or even months, I've I've been bugging Dave about it, so uh, I'm just happy to be back talking to you guys. It's always a good time.
0: We're happy to have you back, and uh, Dan is yeah one of the uh, best and most knowledgeable Spider-Manologists on the internet. So uh, grateful to have his counsel on our review today. I also want to point out, by the way, that uh, patrons of ours at patreoncom slash podcast got to listen to our review early. Sign up for bonuses like that one and ad-free episodes as well as bonus darks at patreon.com slash filmpodcast. Today, in addition to covering Spider-Man No Way Home, getting that review early, we're also doing a Matrix Revolutions uh, rewatch uh, and talking about Matrix Revolutions in the lead up to Matrix Resurrections. Uh, so wow, just a just a bounty of riches over at the Patreon, yeah. patreon.com slash film podcast. Um a huge thanks to all of our patrons over there. Uh, you can find more episodes of this podcast at the filmcast.com. Email us at slash filmcast at gmail.com. Today we got a little bit what we want what we've been watching and uh, some weekly plugs, but then we're gonna dive right into it our Spider-Man No Way Home review. So let's start with some of what we've been watching, folks. I want to mention a movie I've been watching. Uh, I saw a movie called Come On, Come On this week.
2: Oh, I've been very much wanting to see this.
0: Now, I want to ask you a question, Jeff Kanata. Uh, so Come On, Come On is a newest Mike Mills movie. And I think, you know, we have, a, the, the three of us have a text thread going on uh, to share nonsense and uh talk about what we might like what's on our radar to like watch and or review. And I think I sent you a tweet or a trailer or an article about this movie. Come on, come on. And I think you said, I just know this movie's going to devastate me or make me cry or something like that. You said something along those lines. Yeah. And I, I'm guessing you haven't watched the trailer for come on, come on. So I'm curious, Correct. like, what do you know about the film and why do you think it's going to make you cry?
2: It's about Joaquin Phoenix and a kid. That's all I know. <laughs>
0: Uh-huh. That's a, that's a recipe that's for devastation. Wow! All right, all right. Uh, As well, we I learned will... in the Joker, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, come on, come on! Is Mike Mills' newest film? I will reveal extreme. I- I'm going to reveal basically nothing, Jeff. I'm going to say it's you're you're right. That's that's what it's <laughs> the movie is about. Um, and, and I would say, in a broader sense, thematically, it is about uh, parenthood and like. Yeah the impossibility yeah. of being a parent and how
3: Jeff's already crying.
2: I'm already <laughs> n- now. I don't want to watch it because it's just my life,
0: <laughs> how challenging it is, how impossible it is. Uh, uh, you know, all the paradoxes that go into being a parent, uh, in modern life. And the movie is really beautiful. Joaquin Phoenix is an amazing actor. I found the kid to be pretty annoying, but I think that's by design. Uh, but yeah, it just, it's, it's shot in black and white, which you, you always got to respect a filmmaker that goes out in black and white these days. You know what I mean? Because that's saying I don't give an F about how commercial this movie is, um, but the black and white is totally beautiful. I mean, I find it really transfixing whenever someone uses black and white, and it allows you to focus on other things the emotion, the framing, the camera movements more than in a color film. Because in a color film, I'm distracted by all the colors. Uh, So I really appreciated the aesthetics i'm a simple man jeff simple man with simple yeah. pleasures so
2: uh, it is an ab- absurd number of people uh slash no not slash there's no slash the film cast listeners who have uh, recommended this movie to me and i don't understand it because how are they seeing it <laughs> it's available it's in, it's in limited release right now in theaters oh yeah. it is yeah. Okay. yeah i thought it hadn't even come out yet <laughs> no i couldn't no. understand i was like is it out internationally and i just don't know
0: uh you know <laughs> here's this suggestion jeff there's a tool i use it's called google yeah uh, i go to jeff google is so so unsullied <laughs> like even theater releases like no clue he can't even Got he up. won't even hit the, the search engines <laughs> you know maybe if you don't like google you can bing it jeff um, you can bing it and then I you won't find it binging it, it. Yeah. yeah and uh you know just search for literally movie title tickets and it will usually tell you if you can buy tickets in your area that's
2: actually a really awesome idea come up with a search engine that's Spoiler adver- averse, you know? <laughs> uh-huh,
0: uh-huh, it's, uh-huh. Uh
2: huh. It's the, you know, uh, uh, with Bing, you uh-huh. don't have to worry. I mean, that'd, that'd be nice.
3: Indeed. It doesn't find Indeed. the right result. Yeah, <laughs> it it'll just, never find it's anything. Like, it That's just
2: how rep- responds did. with, you don't want to know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm, this is, I, I I. wholeheartedly do not believe this to be a spoiler. Um. So, but I thought the way the movie handled text on screen was mm-hmm. really interesting. Uh, You know how, like, in most movies, when people text each other, right, like, there's a couple ways we've seen it depicted, right? The the two most common ways, I would say, is they just literally show a close-up of the phone, Mm -hmm. or they show, like, some kind of, like, CG graphic over the person's shoulder, and you kind of see the animation of the text, right? That's, like, 95% of the movies I've seen represent text in one of those ways, right? This movie represents text as subtitles, which I thought was so funny. So like Joaquin Phoenix walking down the road, he looks at his phone, and then you see subtitles at the bottom of the screen that say what's in the text. And I was just like, huh, that's so interesting. And it's uh, it, it draws attention to itself, I think, in a way that like even those other things. Like when I see a CG speech bubble pop up over a person's shoulder, I'm like, oh, that that's the, the text, right? But when I see a subtitle, I'm like, huh, the text is <laughs> a subtitle. You know, so I just thought it was like a really interesting choice. It kind of are
2: you it's, sure he's it not almost texting it's like, in Spanish?
0: Or uh, Swahili. Wh- what what?
2: What you say? This is the subtitle. Oh?
0: Okay. subtitles I are when things
2: are in the different language, Dave. No, that was the joke.
0: I get it. I get it. I see. Yeah, but but it's almost kind of like uh I'm trying to like ponder what the effect of this is. You know, it's like it's like uh you're seeing like the subtitle exists even when Joaquin is not looking at the screen, so it's kind of like the subtitles, its own entity. Anyway, just a completely random observation. You're, you're really overthinking this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I think
2: this is this is one of the the things in our modern times that movies have to wrestle with. I mean, there's a yes, mm-hmm. there's a shot in the movie we're talking about today, Spider Man No Way Home, uh, where two of the characters are speaking via FaceTime. And yes. I've ne- yeah. I've never seen a movie show both phones at the same time. Right, like right. this yeah. movie it's does. Yeah, it's interesting. Mm. It's interesting. Yeah.
0: Um. So anyway, massive spoiler for No Way Home. You just dropped, Jeff. No, I'm just joking. That was in the first like five <laughs> minutes of the film. Um. But uh, anyway, come on, come on. Uh. Very heartfelt, poignant, touching, enjoyable. I'd recommend it. Um. And yeah, you should be prepared to be moved, especially if you are a parent. So, it's about, it's out in limited release right now. That's what I've been watching. Devinder Hardwar. You've been watching something that features a former film cast guest. Have you not?
1: Several former, former film cast. Oh yes. Friends of, the show. Friends, of the show. Friends of the show. Friends of the show. Friends of the show. Friends of the show. Drew McQueenie, Walter Shaw, and people I'd left again on the show. Eventually. Uh, I've been watching, uh, Voix, uh, Voix on Netflix. Uh, this is their like video essay series that they're doing together with David Fincher. And, uh, first of all, just have to say, I am. I'm just totally biased for the show. So I love these people. I love their work. So I'm. I'm not the person to criticize whatever is happening here. But it gives me so much joy to see uh, their names alongside David Fincher. And it's so cool
0: that we've had them. guests on the it's show a, that have worked so cool. with David Fincher. In a way, we've worked with David Fincher by transit. In a way, part. I can. I am,
1: I'm. We are Fincher adjacent. We
0: are. Yeah, we're all, we are right. all you
2: have to do yeah. is reduce the fraction, and we are David Fincher.
1: I know. Seriously, it's, it's so it's close. True. It's so close. But it's uh, like yeah, one this degree is, uh, of
0: separation. Is that what it is technically? Anyway,
2: go ahead, Divinity. Totally.
1: It. The series is wild. Like I I love it. it is it is just people writing essays about why they love movies. And this is entirely why we started podcasting about movies, I think, because I love hearing people talk about why they love movies. So it is, it is like a whole variety of things. Um, you know, it is Drew McQueenie, you know, talking about. His particular anchor, uh, I believe it was like Lawrence of Arabia, you know, and why he doesn't like that character. But he also finds, um, you know, Lawrence endlessly compelling. And it is a great combination of like great writing, people who genuinely love a medium and then, you know, really cool visuals to go alongside it, too. Like um, the Walter Chau one was about um, 48 hours and kind of what a monumental film that was for um Just for like American cinema, you know, it it is a very, that is a film filled uh, filled with like uh, racial slurs and a lot of like, it is saying a lot about American society, but his um, take on it and how like powerful it is and how it like affirms Eddie Murphy too, um, I think is really, really fascinating. It made me enjoy that movie a lot more than I typically do. So it is, it's just stuff like that. It is just people going on about movies and i saw this thing um i've been watching it uh at home but i also saw a couple on the plane too like it is like podcast type material but the visuals are so good i also felt bad about watching it uh on the plane because uh it looks cool there's some like really great reenactments here that look like you know they're from adventure tv shows. so yeah just enjoy it uh i just i just think it's neat for Pretty cool. It's voir and it's on
0: Netflix. V O I R, which in French means to see. Uh, yeah. And congrats to all of the former film cast guests uh, who uh, were able to m- become a part of that uh, that project. Yeah. So Check cool. it out. Yeah, it's you know some people love talking about movies and writing about them and, and they end up working with David Fincher for a Netflix project and uh, others end up uh, maintaining a mid-tier film podcast, you know, and who's well, to say who ends up where, you know, like it's one of mm-hmm. life's great mysteries.
3: Yeah. It's sad um, to see them take a step down and work with David Fincher. It's so it's true. true. Yeah, it's, true. <laughs> it's true. You, you know, Some they, people are
2: born great. Some achieve greatness and some propel others to greatness via their podcast.
0: It's a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And you know, I, only you as the listener can decide what the most noble one of those is. You know, mm-hmm. we're going to leave it up to you to, to decide. Not us, not us. Jeff Canata, what are you watching this week?
2: Well, I want to talk about succession yeah. because, you know, there are some things, <laughs> there are some things, ladies and gentlemen, that David Chen does a dedicated podcast to, which means we don't get to talk about him. It's uh, It's, it's true. It's funny how that happens. Yeah. 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 He uh, uses up all his words on a thing <laughs> and has none left over for us.
1: Mm-hmm. That's how words work. Yep. That's how words work. Uh, he did it with Game of Thrones, and now he's doing it with Succession.
2: Yeah. 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 Happens over and over. Marvel shows. It doesn't matter what it is. <laughs> when Dave is off frolicking with other people, he doesn't want to talk about it here. But I... I'm going to make it happen because- We're uh, still here. We're still here. Yes, yes. Get used to it, Dave. Um, The truth of the matter is the season finale of season three of Succession aired and knocked me for a loop. Uh, It is uh, as close to a perfect hour of television as I could ever hope for. I just had so much fun watching that final season finale episode the entire third mm-hmm. season i thought was excellent there were um, there were a lot
1: of criticisms of it and i think people totally misjudge like what what they were building towards you know and yeah 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 they, they're building to this like a goddamn one of the best episodes of tv i've ever seen i think for the final 30 minutes i just i didn't realize i was like not breathing properly because i was like i was just ho- waiting for them to get to this meeting you know what's going to happen at the meeting it all feels so prosaic but it is We've like, this is the power of television, right? Like we have built up these relationships with these awful people and, uh, we care way too much about what happened. So this was basically Succession's red wedding and it was, yeah, gorgeous. it really was. It yeah. Really was. It's always a wedding yeah. with HBO. Like it's always weddings <laughs> that really mark the shifts for no, show. the
2: symbolism is not lost mm-hmm. on me. Uh, the, 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 writing on the show is so strong The acting on the show is so strong. There's I mean, the fact that they would set this episode, which is about what five or six people talking to each other Mm -hmm. in one of the most expensive settings, (laughs) like (laughs) hundreds of extras, extraordinary location fees, you know, just like massive costuming budget, just an extraordinary amount of money so that five people can sit in a room Mm -hmm. and, and talk. Or what, know, what
1: what about three people in a sandy back alley? What about that? <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. With literal, literally, with garbage cans in the shot. <laughs>
1: uh, I love it. <laughs> well,
2: that's it's, one of the great
0: things about the show is that, uh, and something they consciously try to do is that billionaires basically are not exempt from the indignities that you and I suffer, right? And that's right. something that the show tries to like make clear. Uh, is that ma- many of are. the most important scenes yeah. and biggest decisions often happen in like uh, nondescript hallways or conference rooms or um, in back alleys with garbage, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It, it's that, uh, but so, also
1: they, they certainly get away with, uh, with so many things. They get away with murder, too. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, like uh, this show is all about that. Um, I just found it really funny uh, coming off of uh, the Jeremy Strong profile. That a lot of people were reading, uh, based on the finale, the ending of the the previous episode too, which was just him like you know slowly sinking into a pool of water, or his head was in the water, and um, I think the internet just went insane. It's <laughs> as if people had never seen a TV show before. <laughs> it's it, it was it's the most ridiculous. bizarre thing,
0: Divendra. Like people were so, like, "Oh, I he's mean, we're... dead. He's clearly dead." What? I ge- yeah. I guess we should point out we're going to spoil the
1: end of season the, the, three. The, the, which I mean, no, not the right end, now. but just the opening the opening scene of, like, he ain't dead. <laughs> I'll spoil that. He's not dead because this is TV. What are you
0: talking about? I completely yeah. agree, Devinder. I was, like, I also had an out-of-body experience. Basically, like, for yeah. those who, don't, who, are, who aren't watching the show, like, a lot of people thought a character was dead. Um, and spoilers for the show, but <laughs> the character did not die. And I think most of us who have been watching TV for any amount of time realize that that was likely going to happen, but well, it was funny, weird to see all the rampant is, speculation yeah. about it. Yeah. The funniest
2: yeah. thing is that the beginning of the following episode assumes you didn't think that, right? It doesn't, right. it's not right. making mm-hmm. a big deal about is he or isn't he? Yeah. It, Cause it doesn't think you think that, you know, like yeah. they, they finished that episode before any speculation and <laughs> So clearly, if if they thought that that was the big question that they had to answer at the beginning of the episode, they would have played it up. But they don't.
1: They don't it's, because they're, it's too smart for that. This is a show that I right. feel like is always one step ahead of the viewer. Like I can't I can't think well, of too many shows that genuinely surprise me with what it does, even when it lays out the clear like roadwork to where it gets to certain conclusions. You know?
0: Yeah. So a couple couple of things. I'm not. I mean, I'm I don't know that the show is completely innocent because none of the materials for the final episode had uh, any images of that character. I, so I think they knew they were playing a little bit with audiences expectations. Like usually I mean, there's like, sure, they were sure. they trolling. The press. This is a
1: show that trolls us all right, the time. Exactly. That's yeah. right.
0: That's right. I, I completely agree. The, the show does troll us. So it, it was a little bit trolly. I agree. I, I feel mm-hmm. that way. But, um, Overall, I agree with what Davinder said that, that there was a lot of track, a lot of groundwork laid for what happened in the finale, and uh, yeah. that all that stuff was brilliant. <laughs> well, and literally, I, I the mean,
2: poster, the poster uh-huh. for the season, like, yeah, rev- it's, I, I, I uh, won't so even awesome.
1: point that out. I won't even point that mm-hmm. out, yeah. Jeff, because yeah. I feel but, like that even that that tells you something. I'll tell you guys the final scene of this episode. My cat was uh, sleeping on my lap, and <laughs> I made a noise that made my cat just like bolt out of the room, like jump off of me, wake up and run away because, uh, I shouted because of what happened in a goddamn meeting in a boring <laughs> meeting room. You know, it's amazing what this show could make you do.
0: I thought that, uh, just every performance was spot on. Like, you know, I, I actually thought Jeff, you'd really appreciate this episode because it does feel very play-like, right? Yeah. Many sequences mm-hmm. of just characters Squisite. talking, uh, the blocking, for, for, the blocking for, yeah, is so excellent well done. Blocking, yeah. you know, just like these extended sequences that kind of were pure drama and every actor got a chance to do something really interesting uh, mm-hmm. during the episode. Which I thought, so overall, I thought the finale uh, mm-hmm. really, really delivered. I, I think when uh,
1: Jeremy and, Strong uh, gets his uh, gets his Emmys, he's just going to be like, "Yeah, what were you people saying about my process? <laughs> my process works.
0: <laughs> Suck on these." Well, Emmys. there yeah. are people who are able to win Emmys without. You know, yeah, I going don't, through I that don't. process, but, but yes. what what happened? I agree, you scene. can't argue with
1: yeah. the with the
0: results. Like the results. There's a action. specific
1: scene in yeah. this uh, episode that requires everything from him, and he puts it all up there. Yeah. You know, and I found that th- th- just I'm fascinating to watch.
2: Reminded of the old story about Marathon Man, which I think I've even told on this podcast before. But you know, Marathon Man has Dustin Hoffman and Sir John Gielgud. Mm-hmm. Of course, Dustin Hoffman of the the new school of acting and gilgood of the old and there's a scene in which hoffman's character has stayed up all night and is being tortured by gilgood's and so dustin hoffman actually stayed up all mm-hmm. night and came in mm-hmm. looking haggard and sat down in the chair for gilgood to uh, to interrogate him during their scene and gilgood says well oh, you look terrible old boy and and Justin Hoffman says, ah, i i stayed up all night my character stayed up all night and gilgood turns to him and says you know it's called acting Dear boy,
0: yes, <laughs> yeah, uh, well, good, nice, nicely done with the accent. Also, I believe that story was in the Jeremy Strong profile.
1: Oh, is
2: it really? Uh, I didn't yes. read it. You, you gotta, you gotta <laughs> read the Jeremy
1: Strong profile, Jeff. It's, it's I have
2: accent. no desire to read <laughs> it. <laughs> really he, he
1: sounds like an insufferable person to live with, so I'm not saying I would want to be friends or hang out with Jeremy Strong, but uh, you know. I uh, I like his work. It's uh, I I can't I cannot justify his work in certain other things that we've talked about, but uh, here it's good.
2: I feel like an idiot for saying the story that's literally in the article we were talking about. <laughs> yeah, I had no yeah. idea. I
1: mean, I think you should so. RTFA. Yeah.
0: Um. All right. Well, uh, that's Succession season three. The entire series Succession is streaming on HBO Max. Be sure to check it out. That's what Jeff Kanata's been watching this week.
2: Hey, it's time for me to jump in here and tell you about our sponsor NordVPN. Do you use a VPN? You should be using a VPN. Why? Oh man, there's so many reasons. I use a VPN for a number of reasons. First is, boy, if if you're traveling and, you know, some of us are traveling around these holidays now, uh, you know, be safe, be careful, but not just your health, which is very important, but also your cybersecurity. Now, You're often, you know, in an airport or a restaurant with public Wi-Fi. You want to be safe. It's smart to use a VPN. Also, hey, if you're listening to this show, you probably like content from all around the world. Well, with NordVPN, you can access content from over 59 different countries just by changing your virtual location with a single click. I have to tell you, I've been very excited because one of my favorite shows, my family's favorite shows, Bluey, is starting its third season in Australia only. Not here, available here in the United States. Well, I can watch Bluey season three by using NordVPN to watch Australia-specific content. Or if I'm outside the U.S., I can still use all of my U.S. streaming services. You never miss your favorite show because... Geographic restrictions are no longer an issue. Go right now to NordVPN.com slash filmcast to get a two-year plan plus one additional month with a huge discount. It's the equivalent to buying a cup of coffee every month and a small price to pay for premium cybersecurity and access to vast amounts of entertaining content. Plus, There's a 30-day money-back guarantee if NordVPN is not for you, so there is no risk. Again, that is NordVPN, N-O-R-D-V-P-N dot com slash Filmcast, promo code Filmcast, for a two-year plan plus one additional month at a huge
3: discount.
0: Dank of Austin, what have you been watching this week?
3: Well, I have to say, before I say any of these suggestions, (laughs) I feel a great power and responsibility related Mm -hmm. to my what i've been watching because last time i was on the show and made a recommendation (laughs) it spawned a new season of the show that i recommended it,
0: it It set in motion a chain of events that indirectly led to a new season of the show that dan mentioned being basically created have
3: you even reckoned with the power you wield dan (laughs) <laughs> no, I, I, I'm the butterfly that's creating tsunamis or whatever yeah. the phrase is. <laughs> uh, you know, I, 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 I don't know that I can be trusted with wielding this power. Um, but then, at the same time, I also recommended a movie that you both spent an hour dumping on uh, that I couldn't respond <laughs> that was to. Good. So that was good. Um, yeah. y- you know, uh, oh my gosh, that movie sucked so bad. I, I, I hated. It. I am, I am preparing for whatever kind of reaction I get with with yeah. whatever I uh, recommend. Um, you know what, guys? So, just,
1: let's stop talking about Spider Man. Let's just shit on that movie again. <laughs> what,
3: what was what was
0: the name of that movie? I don't even remember. It there was, is no was,
3: I in threesome. Oh, there All is right, no yeah, I in threesome. Right. Oh my god! <laughs> Dave <laughs> and I both hated
0: that movie so yeah, much. Yeah, <laughs> it was so so terrible. Uh, and the other uh, the other show was the show about the show. Okay, okay. But yes. Dan, you're back on. Okay, you're reckoning with your power. What are you going to talk about yes. in terms of what you've been watching this
3: time? Yeah, well, I mean, I I felt like I had to mention this because I, I I don't know if you guys have talked about the new season of this show yet on the show, but my favorite bit, show on television is How To with John Wilson, which yeah. just keeps getting better and better uh, with each new episode. But episode two of this season, uh, How To Get Into Wine, is maybe my favorite half hour of television I've seen in a very, very long time. Um, yes. Have you guys seen this? I
2: have,
3: I have not it. yet.
0: Yeah. I
2: can't wait. It yeah. is
0: excellent, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, I I screamed. I literally screamed at my television when I saw it. So
3: <laughs> no, I'm I'm
2: very much looking yeah. forward to. I like the first season and yeah. uh I'm I'm very much anticipating watching, just haven't had the time.
3: Th- this episode, you know, I'm not going to res- spoil anything in it because it- this is truly yes. one of those shows where every 5 seconds you don't know what you're going to see next and that's truly the joy of it. Um but, you know, the show explores a topic all- very vaguely often. Um and John Wilson narrates you know uh some exploration of that topic while showing you images he's recorded and you the, the the appeal i think is like there's it always goes off in some tangent like about halfway through the show where you're like i don't even know how we got here and this well, person seems, that we're right, meeting it seems like he just records
2: an obscene amount of footage and then assembles some narrative like the, the 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 workload of this show must be Enormous Because it seems that it is completely defined in the editing and he's bringing t- together these disparate things of just random moments he happens to have caught uh, and, and somehow connecting them through these tendrils of nonsense. It's just a it's just there's no other thing that is made like this.
0: The only no, thing absolutely. I would I would mention is that he has talked about his process for the B-roll and he does have a whole team capturing stuff for him. So it's not just yeah. him, but yes, I, I, would, I would say that obviously- I he's was using
2: the royal he, I, I, but God, yes, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> the royal he. But yeah, uh, I, I would agree that the way in which the narrative comes together is unlike any other show. Um, yeah,
3: it, I mean, this season I think feels a lot more directed than the first season does in terms of like, you'll see him like, ask people questions that are related so either he went out with a plan or he just so happened to ask about a random topic uh, of multiple people but this second episode three minutes into it we got that like tangent moment where i was like where are we and i knew that like this was a roller coaster that had just started so yeah i cannot recommend the second episode how to get into wine uh more
2: that, yeah. that sounds like I mean I have no idea what it's about. I don't want to know. I can't wait to be surprised. But there's also that episode from season one that is that is the we end up with some nudity uh, at a certain point. Yes, that is that 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 episode is just I that episode <laughs> yeah. is like what I, I, I is think that goes beyond this?
1: nudity. That goes into like total <laughs> well, I recall, to <laughs> human, um, just like truly truly obscene things. But yes, yeah.
3: Yeah. I have recommended the show to everybody and like anybody that can stand that particular episode. I'm like, please call me the minute you finish that episode because <laughs> I watch want to talk to your you parents. about it. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's what like how to keep your furniture safe or something like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 Oh, man. <laughs> All
0: right. Well, that's uh, how to with John Wilson and uh, seasons one season one is streaming on HBO Max. Season two is currently being released each week. And I also second Dan Gavazin's recommendation. Sounds like we all do. So check it out. How to with John Wilson. Uh, Dan Gavazin. what else have you been watching, man?
3: Yeah. Um. So I'm currently uh, in pre-production, like a day away from shooting a short film. And a- every time I go to shoot a film, I like to watch like one of my top five favorite films of all time um, for inspiration. And I got really lucky this time. It's almost kind of like an early Christmas present for me. Um, One of my favorite movies of all time is a movie called come and see. Has anybody seen come and see? No, no. Um, So come and see is this 1985 film directed by LM Klimov. And it, um, for the longest time, it's, it's a, I think it's the greatest anti-war film ever made. And for the longest time, the only way I was able to see it was on a really bad VHS transfer to DVD. Um, like the film was still amazing, and that was my only experience of it. But it looked terrible. And uh, a, a couple of years ago, I got to see it in theaters at the Arrow in Santa Monica on a, a print from 1985, and it was like probably the best looking version uh, uh, that of the film that exists. And it was one of the most amazing screenings of my entire life. And uh, the film came out on the Criterion Collection this June. So I just picked it up recently and watched it the other night and it was like experiencing it again uh, for the first time, which is a wonderful experience for a movie that's already one of your favorites um, of, of all time. Um, the, the film is uh, LM Klimov is, uh, is was, uh, from the Soviet Union and he grew up in the time of World War II and the film depicts like the atrocities that the Nazis committed on the Belarusian people. And it's probably like one of the most harrowing film experiences ever made. The The main character is this 13-year-old boy who goes off into the woods and comes back to find his entire town massacred. And it's his kind of experience on the run from the Nazis. And it's like the closest thing to hell on earth being filmed. Um, I mean, even just for the performance, this this boy who's acting in this didn't want to be in the film and was basically like forced to be in the film. And he gives the most amazing performance, but, and I'm not advocating for this, but like, it's almost not a performance on the set. They used live rounds and real explosives. And the film is so traumatizing. Like the director tried to use psychotherapy to hypnotize, the boy so he could get through the violent scenes and it's like well, deeply unethical, but the result is incredible. It's one of the best performances I've, I've ever seen. Um, you know, it came out before I was even born, but Um, it's
0: not a documentary, right?
3: No, it's not a documentary. Um, well, it's, it's, it is like horrifying, but, uh, like full of, uh, like its final message is so, like about like, like the uplift of the human spirit to to like triumph in adversity and not succumb to darkness. And I I don't know. I I just think the movie is absolutely beautiful. Um, and and it's kind of, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, I don't, I don't mean to be this guy, but (laughs) it just
2: so happens that our sponsor this week movie has come and see available to stream mm. oh. in fact it has two, two movies called come and see <laughs> the lm uh klimnov and uh, there's a, a thailand film from 2019 called come and see <laughs> probably unrelated but uh, yeah you, i mean they just happen to be our sponsor this week and, and wow. one, of our, one
0: of our one of our three sponsors this week so yes, yeah we're very excited uh, about so
2: that. uh you know that's one way to see this extraordinary movie
3: When I went to see this movie at the arrow, um, I went with a a filmmaking friend of mine and he brought a friend of his along. Um, And it's the kind of movie we went out for drinks afterwards. And he told this harrowing story of how his grandmother went through a similar experience in, in the war, which is why he's always been attached to this film and that she came back to her village and found her husband dead And his brains like on the all over the ground and she picked up pieces of his brain and carried them around in a box with her. And I'm like, like it's, there's so many surreal things about this movie and that story was just as surreal. And I like forever had this kind of like, like this kind of memory linked with this movie. Uh, It's, it's as like maybe the best textures I've ever seen in a movie. Like you feel like you're there Everything is so real and gritty and grimy. It's just like unlike any experience I've ever had in a movie. And it's not one I can watch very often because of its subject matter. But I I think it's one of the best films ever made. And the Criterion disc is amazing. There's like a Roger Deakins supplement on the disc where he talks through how the cinematography inspired his work. And um, he really got me to see the film in in a new way uh, through that thing. So anyway, come and see is one of my favorite films, despite it's, uh, like I, I would say like deeply troubling, uh, production. Uh, but th- the film is amazing the the filmmaker after he was done making the movie, never made another movie ever again, because he said, I said everything I ever wanted to say in my life in this one movie. And that was oh, it for him.
0: Got to admire when somebody just has a clear idea of what they're trying to accomplish, that's and how they're like,
2: Dave is about succession episodes in his podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: I Maybe mean, it's what to- I, it's, it's actually how I am about the FilmCast podcast as well. Every episode, I'm like, I'm done with this. Um, but <laughs> uh, you know, every week, Jeff always convinces me to come back on. I don't know how he does it. It's uh, yeah. it's really bizarre. Um, but
2: <laughs> limericks.
0: <laughs> it's mostly the limericks, you know. Yeah. Um, my insatiable hunger for the limericks mm-hmm. is what keeps me going. Anyway, the movie is Come and See, uh, and it's available on Mubi and other places. Uh, And Dan, thanks for sharing that. All right, uh, folks, let's do some weekly plugs. Weekly plugs—the part of the show each week where we plug something else that we've made that's not the Filmcast. I want to plug, uh, in addition to the Filmcast Patreon, I have my personal Patreon page at Patreon.com/slash Dave Chen, uh, where I often see movies and share like my immediate reaction to them in the form of a mini podcast episode. And so I've done that in the last couple of weeks with films like Licorice Pizza. Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, as well as Ma- Matrix Resurrections, where I just posted my uh, initial reaction to that movie. Check it out, patreon.com slash Dave Chen. Devendra Hardwar, your weekly plug.
1: Oh, I want to shout out the latest episode of the Engadget podcast. Uh, we brought on James True from Engadget to talk about the analog pocket which I think is one of the coolest devices I've ever seen. I don't know if you guys have heard about this yeah, thing. Yeah, I've heard is, about this. Yeah. What is the analog pocket? It I don't, is, I don't it's know beautiful. what it is. It's a, it's a little Game Boy-looking device that basically lets you plug in Game Boy cartridges, Game Boy Advance, Game Gear, Atari Lynx. Um, this thing has what's called an FPGA processor, so it can basically uh, reconfigure itself to perfectly... Uh, Act like those old consoles so this is not software emulation this should be able to like let you play your games and you need to have the cartridges you need to be able to you'll be able to play those games just as if you had those old systems and i find this so so fascinating uh james true did a preview for us adding Engadget. so you've got some there's some video there of him playing with it his review will be out on friday probably when you're listening to this episode um check it out and i've got my preview i got my pre-order in i probably won't get it till the end of 2022 but i cannot wait it looks so cool
2: Yeah, the tech is so cool on these things because it, it mm-hmm. literally convinces the software that it's using the original yeah. hardware it, it because and it, it, yeah yeah and it changes it changes depending on what software asks if the software says hey can i do this it just goes yep you sure can FPGA and it,
1: processors are super cool
0: they're so they're incredible yeah jeff is this something uh this analog pocket is this something you're gonna invest in
2: no i admire it I, I am uh i am much more a forward thinking kind of guy i i mm-hmm. I, I like mm-hmm. retro gaming in concept it's just not something that i spend a lot of time with i i want yeah, the newest yeah, latest yeah. best but you're more of
0: I, a steam deck kind of guy right
2: actually i, I didn't pre-order a steam deck either yeah. I, I want <laughs> i want you know super Ultrawide monitor a desktop p c with a the big honkin video card in it i i want a, i want the ferrari if if i can afford it I, that's what i'
1: It's totally true. I totally see that. And I'm, I'm kind of right there with you, Jeff. But the minute I pre ordered this thing, I canceled my Steam Deck order because what I, 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 I don't need it. What? I don't need it because I've got, I, I don't need that portable. What I would like portable is like a lot of these experiences I grew up with. And uh, I do think, in terms of like game preservation, you know, keeping these things alive, especially for newer generations, I'd love my daughter to play, you know, a handheld game similar to the way I did. Uh, I think that's really cool. And I, t- I give these companies a lot of credit for. Basically taking such a risk to produce a very, very niche product that is $220, you know, that requires very expensive cartridges if you're going to try to buy uh, used ones these days. So it is a risk, but I love that these crazy risks can happen now.
2: Well you shouldn't have canceled the Steam Deck pre order. just no, flipped that either. baby and it pays yeah. for the
1: analog. It's true.
2: That's true. I could
0: have I I'm could,
1: curious. could have done that.
0: Yeah. I'm curious, Devingro, when you think of like old games you want to play on the analog pocket, like what are what, mm-hmm. what are the game what are the classic games that you're like, I I'm raring <laughs> to go on the analog pocket with that game.
1: It's not mainly, so I honestly, it's not a lot of Game Boy games for me. And I feel this way about the NES. I think 8-bit games, they were good at the time, but most of them were not good games. You know, we we (laughs) remember the real, the rare handful of like very good ones, but mostly my uh, memories are more tied to like 16-bit gaming. So like the Mm -hmm. SNES and Genesis. And for me, it would be the Game Boy Advance stuff on Mm. this thing would be kind of cool to see i want to play uh final fantasy tactics advance again because there's no really easy way to play that there are a lot of great rpgs for those systems there's some good stuff for game gear and i've never had a lynx i'd like to play some of those games uh this thing will eventually also play neo geo pocket games and that was a great little system that never really got much of a an imprint in america but those games look incredible on that hardware so yeah there's a lot of cool stuff i want to play
0: All right, all right, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess, yeah, so it goes way beyond the Game Boy then, although Mm -hmm. that's kind of, that's what it most resembles as a device, right? It looks like it's a
1: Game Boy, but with four buttons, and it has two shoulder buttons at the top, so it can be a bunch of other systems, yeah.
0: Well, that's Devendra's uh, podcast on the Engadget podcast about the analog pocket. This thing looks pretty cool, Devendra. Maybe I'm going to check one of these out. We'll see. It's so cool. Jeff Kanata, your weekly plug?
2: We just did, uh, the last episode of the dungeon run for 2021. And we, uh, we always do now we've been doing the show long enough that we have traditions. And one of our traditions is, uh, that we do a bit of a holiday celebration. And if you're a fan of my, uh, rhyming and, and, uh, <laughs> uh, poetry, <laughs> if you can call it that, uh, I do a rundown. Are, are theme-
0: limericks technically poetry, do you think? What do you think, Jeff? I'm- I'm being facetious. How could they not be? I think they have to be. They
2: yes. How could they funny. not be? I mean, it's literally so I'm a don't, poetic I'm form. Don't
0: undersell it. Don't undersell it, Jeff. It's poetry.
2: Oh, I was just trying to be uh, a little self-deprecating. I don't know if I, my my raised to the form of poetry. However, I will say <laughs> that uh, the dungeon run. I'm I'm very proud uh, of the show in general, but uh, of the fact that you can jump in on any episode because I recap uh, everything that's happened in our big crazy fantasy adventure at the beginning of every episode. But for the holiday episodes, of which there are now three, this is the third holiday episode we've done, uh, I do a riff on Twas the Night Before Christmas, and I recap the entire show in rhyme, in meter, uh, based on Twas the Night Before Christmas. And uh, every time, I'm very, very, very proud of it. It was a massive amount of work, uh, it took me two full days of writing this time. I mean, literally all day. Um, and the end result was like seven typed pages. <laughs> it's, it's, But it's very fun. I'm proud of it. I think people like it. And the episode itself is pretty cool. So uh, you should check that out. Um, you can watch the, the show on Twitch, twitch.tv slash The Dungeon Run, or on YouTube, or even as an audio podcast. It works great like that, it's sort of like an audio book. It's called The Dungeon Run.
0: Dan Kavazin, your weekly plug?
3: Yeah, well, um, by the time your listeners are listening to this, um, my article in The Hollywood Reporter on all of the Easter eggs and references from Spider-Man No Way Home will be up. So after you see the movie, you can check out my article and uh, find out about all the things that I found hidden in the movie, so to speak, um, and just see me basically spiral into insanity. Um, <laughs> all all in, on in one document. Um, How are you able to do that in one viewing?
0: <laughs> it, it's incredible. So I have read this article and it yeah. is incredible. It, it like Dan Gavazen finds. Like, oh hey, this that license plate you saw on the screen for five seconds, or no, not even five, like three seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like uh, it's a reference to Spider-Man
2: issue sixty-three or whatever. You know, I'm like
1: that what speck the heck? of dust comes from this universe. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's
2: really Which really incredible. It's one thing when you have access to the movie on repeat right. viewings, but you've done this before the movie has come out on a single <laughs> press screening, right? Yes.
3: Yes. Correct. Um, I, uh, this one was not quite as daunting as into the spider verse, but, um, you know, uh, they, I think it's become kind of a game for them. Like clearly they know that people are doing this and it's a way to get like people to go see the movie again, to see if they can spot all these things. So like, I take it as a personal challenge, you know, like I feel like I'm going to go into one of these and just like see the screen talking back to me at some point. Um, but, uh. Yeah, I mean, how do I do it? I I bring in like a yellow legal pad into the theater with me and I watch the movie. Mm. And anytime I see something, I in the dark. Write it out. Um, you got to
1: take notes. You got to take Dan,
2: notes. Yeah. Dan yeah. is yeah. the guy at the movie I do not want to be sitting next to.
1: Jeff, people <laughs> who have to write reviews need yes, to take I notes. I took nin, so nin, many notes. Yes. Yeah. 90,
0: 95% of critics yeah. take notes. So. I, when, when you write, I, I, Jeff, you I will not, take I'm notes. I'm not arguing yeah. with that. I just don't want to yeah. sit next
3: to them. <laughs> it's, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, I saw Into the Spider-Verse like two months early, and uh, I really wanted to see it again, which may have just been an excuse to to go back. But I was like, I'm just really not sure about a couple of these Easter eggs that I found. So I like I wrote to Sony, and I was like, hey, is there any opportunity for me to go to another screening? I really want to double check some of these. And they they set it up for me. And I went and realized, oh, no, I was right about all of them. Um, so it ended up being a (laughs) decent excuse to just go see the movie again, um, and take my wife with me. But this one was interesting because normally I have a plus one. So I'll bring like a spider nerd with me so we can compare notes afterwards. And, uh, that's been, that's really had some like mixed results, but this one, (laughs) they, they removed plus ones. And, uh, so this was really, truly just me, uh, going after this one feverishly. So I think it's going up on Friday, so that's tomorrow at the time of we're, we're uh, doing this. I um, by the time you know, you're
0: listening to this, it will likely be available. So yeah, um, so yeah.
3: I, I saw the movie on Monday, and I'm I, like I said, I'm in like I'm starting to shoot a movie tomorrow of my own, and uh, so I, I I did like a red eye and flew to Ohio where I'm about to shoot the movie, and I wrote the whole thing on the plane, sixty one hundred wow. words. So I I I, I I don't know how uh, healthy my brain is at the moment, but um, mm-hmm. if you again, if you want to see me spiral into insanity, uh, yeah. there's that article for you.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. a Hollywood Hollywood Reporter article about the Easter eggs in Spider Man No Way Home. I've read it; it's great. I would definitely recommend you check it out.
2: A uh, side note: um, my screen, my press screening for this movie. Uh, also didn't allow guests. It was it was here in Denver. Uh, it was in a 500-seat theater, and there were 11 of us.
3: That was the <laughs> same with mine. Yeah, Incredible.
2: Love Amazing. it. Amazing. Love it. Yeah.
0: Um, well, uh, those are our weekly plugs. And, of course, again, I do want to plug the fact that uh, if you want to support this podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash podcast. Sign up for ad-free episodes as well as bonus Afterdarks. This week we'll be covering Matrix Revolutions in advance of our uh, conversation about Matrix Resurrections. And I also want to call out that uh, if you are a patron, you occasionally get cool bonuses like this episode about No Way Home, well, at least in the review portion, early. And maybe uh Matrix will, will, will hit your uh, your feeds early as well. We'll see. We'll see if we can manage that. but. Overall, a lot of cool benefits to being a patron. Patreon.com slash film podcast. Thanks to everyone who donates. Of course, you can always support us for free by leaving a review for us at Apple Podcasts. And I cannot emphasize enough, it only takes a second to leave a star rating. We really appreciate everyone who has done that.
2: Hey, I want to jump in here and tell you about our sponsor, Prisoner Wines. I just had my mom in town this last week, and it was delightful having her here and even more delightful that I got to serve her some of my prisoner wines. My mom loves wine. We like having a, a relaxing glass uh, with a meal. And I uh, presented it to her and said, hey, this is a sponsor of my show. I really want you to tell me what you think of this wine. And in <laughs> two glasses later, she was like, this is delicious. I, I can't wait to have more. I was lucky I had several bottles on hand that we had over, over the next few days. And uh, I just, I'm, I'm so proud to be able to present a, a wine that pleases my mom, that I can enjoy. And they do things differently uh, at Prisoner Wine Company, like 20 years ago when they decided to combine some of California's best and most unusual grape varieties to make a bold and complex blend. Their namesake wine, the Prisoner Red Blend, which is the kind that I serve to my mom. And I myself have been enjoying from the shape and weight of the bottle to that label featuring Francisco Goya's artwork. Every detail is striking and memorable and the wine is smooth and rich and approachable. And now the Prisoner Wine Company will ship all of their rule bending blends like the Prisoner Red Blend, the Prisoner Chardonnay and Thorn Merlot directly to your door, directly to your door. It's never been easier to try one of these delicious wines. It's one of Napa Valley's most recognized red blends. And the Prisoner Wine Company has been featured in Wine Spectator, Forbes, and Food and Wine. You have to experience these wines for yourself. Try one bottle and you will taste and see that the Prisoner Wine Company is good. Go to the slash filmcast for 20% off plus shipping included on your first purchase. And get it in time for the holidays, too. This is the best deal they have available. Get 20% off plus shipping included at theprisonerwine.com slash filmcast. That's the, T-H-E, prisoner, P-R-I-S-O-N-E-R, wine, W-I-N-E.com slash F-I-L-M-C-A-S-T. Offer valid on first-time online orders only for U.S. residents of legal drinking age through 12 2021 other exclusions may apply please enjoy wines responsibly
0: all right let's get to our review of spider-man no way home ever since i got bit by that spider
3: i've only had one week where my life has felt normal that was when you found out
2: Watch that spell where you wanted everyone to forget the Peter Parker Spider-Man. We started getting some visitors from every universe. Hello, Peter. Chip-hunker. I'm sorry, what was your name again? Dr. Otto Octavius.
0: That was from the trailer for Spider Man No Way Home, the newest Spider Man film by director John Watts. Now, before I read the plot summary or talk about anything about this movie, I do want to say that I feel like the level of spoiler avoidance for this movie is extremely high. <laughs> understandably so when reviews of this movie started hitting the internet on Monday, cause that was when the premiere was this last Monday. Uh, I saw the phrase deleting Twitter trending on Twitter because people were frantically trying to delete the app in order to avoid any plot details or spoilers about the film. Yeah.
1: No, nobody, nobody so, deletes though. Nobody ever leaves Twitter. No, <laughs> nobody you, ever does. Delete, you never leave, yeah. but they want to, they
0: want to. Sure. So, uh i i thought ab- about like how are we going to talk about this movie without revealing anything about the movie and i, I think like we, sh- we you can't. gave up we <laughs> gave up so you should assume there's going to be spoilers for spider-man no way home starting right now um and I, I think you should this is one you should just go see even if you hate it you should just go see this one you should
1: probably so, see this movie
0: let's yeah. just hit the spoiler bar. i'm gonna just hit the spoiler bar yeah. bar right now just for okay. old time's sake here we go here we go
2: now you're looking for the secret
1: genesis coming
2: no. But you won't find it because, of course...
0: You're not going to see this coming.
2: You're not really looking. I have been puzzling over how it works. You don't really want to work it out. Who's in the box? I have been dying to tell you. I want to tell you my secret man. You want to be fooled.
0: I'm going to read the plot summary from IMDb. Quote, with Spider-Man's identity now revealed, Peter asks Doctor Strange for help. When a spell goes wrong, dangerous foes from other worlds start to appear... Forcing Peter to discover what it truly means to be Spider Man. End quote. Dan Kavazin from the Amazing Spider Talk podcast. You are one of the foremost Spider Manologists in the world, and I'm very curious. You know, what did you think? What do you think of this latest trilogy, which has been kind of a co production between Sony and Marvel, with Marvel handling most handling most of the storytelling duties, as far as I can understand? What do you think of this like approach to this trilogy with Tom Holland as Spider Man, and then uh, what do you think of No Way Home?
3: Well, Dave, I believe my thoughts on Spider Man No Way Home can best be described in the form of a limerick.
0: Wow. wow! Incredible! Incredible. Jeff, how do you feel right now? Do you feel like your thunder's being stolen or do you feel encouraged mm-hmm. at the camaraderie?
2: Lots of villains just talking from cells, but it's funny and often heartfelt. <laughs> An origin story complete, finally. All's well, I guess that ends well.
0: Wow. Canada in for D- the steel. Just steal. coming straight out. Just for the straight steal. out. With yeah. A... All right. Yeah. Okay. Now No. Now actually, Dan... actually,
2: Dave. Actually, Dave. I have another limerick that I think will explain <laughs> the first.
0: O- okay. Wow. Okay. All right.
2: I watched No Way Home and then got a message from Dan Gavazdan. He said, let's use our combined superpowers, a Marvel team up against Dave Chen.
3: What? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> we got right. you, David.
2: Are you wow. satisfied?
3: Will this will this finally satisfy you? Uh,
0: I mean I'm satisfied for the duration of this episode. Oh
3: <laughs> that, that's fair. That
2: first uh, that first <laughs> limerick was literally what Dan thinks. He sent me his thoughts and I made a a a limerick for him against wow. you.
3: Amazing. Y- you see, my past limericks have been so ill received. That I felt like I needed to reach out to the master of limericks. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, because I just, I, I, I know Dave and his insatiable hunger for these, Yes. and and wanted to, you know, do whatever I could to aid Jeff Canada by using Jeff Canada.
2: It's called a right, Marvel well, team up. It's what that's what that's what that's called. That, Marvel that's zombies doing, from way yeah. back teaming up.
0: Mission accomplished. <laughs> Mission accomplished. So. Putting, putting the limericks aside and how great they were which I do think they were great uh, wh- you know wh- what are you what are your thoughts on this current trilogy and then what do you think of No way home
3: yeah um well I have really mixed thoughts on on this latest trilogy I think it's interesting after no way home because I think this is the one that kind of allowed me to put it all in perspective hmm. uh, which is to say I really think that this movie is like the end of the origin story for this character. And I I find that so funny because (laughs) I thought the whole idea of this series was to kind of allied the like uncle Ben story and move on with a character with a fresh kind of like, we've never seen it before thing. And by the end of this movie, I found myself cheering because we got back to what I wanted, which is, I feel like we're finally ready to get onto real Spider-Man stories Um, you know, as much as I enjoyed elements of this, like there are elements of the Spider-Man character that I really have felt have been missing throughout this, this trilogy. Um, the, the class struggle of being Mm Spider-Man, the the guilt, um, you know, just like the difficulties, like that Peter Parker faces that make him unique amongst Marvel heroes. And here he had like he was on the Avengers. He had a benefactor. There was no indication that he felt guilt about anything. And by the end of this movie, all of that is undone. And we get like him. I mean, I don't want to give away like the final two minutes, but like. You, you uh, can I if Jeff you want. Said we're we're, it. we're yeah, in yeah. Full Jeff, Jeff said it in, in, in the thing. <laughs> I think that the ends justify the means in some way. I just kind of wish we didn't have to take this long to get there. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I I enjoy a lot of this movie. I have some real problems with particular parts of the plotting, but like I I can't help my heart soared during the last two minutes because it was like, okay, like we're finally at Spider-Man as indicated by him putting on the classic suit and living alone in Manhattan and having to make the most difficult choice, which is like the same choice we saw essentially at the end of the very first Sam Raimi movie you know, um, and it's like, finally, I saw the elements that I wanted from a Spider-Man movie, uh, like a live-action Spider-Man movie, like, all kind of lock into place, and the future for me is on this series seems really bright, if it is to continue, which it seems like it must. Um, So, like, on the MCU trilogy, I I feel, you know, there's bits and pieces of it that I think they did excellently. I love Spider-Man Homecoming. I felt like Far From Home was a bit of a deviance. It didn't really know what it was trying to say or who Spider-Man was or is in the in the MCU. And I think Jeff and I expressed that on our last uh review. And um this one to me, like I I think it for me at least, it worked best when it focused on the MCU characters. Um as much fun as it was to see all the fan service here. Um and I think some of the MCU characters get short shrift because of that fan service. But by the end of the movie, I was grinning ear to ear um, and really excited about what the future, um, you know, had to bring. While also acknowledging, I don't think any of these movies will ever be as good as the Spider Verse movies because those like (laughs) to me at least upended like my expectations for superheroes what they could look like visually the one the one the the one and then the sequel yeah yeah Yeah. we'll 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 see but like that one movie you've probably
1: seen it already somehow Yeah,
3: um there's well i won't get into it but uh anyway uh yeah so that that's some brief thoughts on 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 my feelings about this this film and the mcu trilogy and i'm i'm eager to get into specifics with you but uh yeah, I'm curious to see what everybody else thought.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, DeVindre Hardware, Spider-Man No Way Home. What'd you think? I I really enjoyed this movie, uh, mainly because of you know a lot of the things he brought up, Dan. Um, I'm I'm not a huge Marvel student, but I've always liked Peter Parker as a character, or at least the Peter Parker as we knew him before the MCU, right? Like he was just he was an an average kid who got these extraordinary powers, but then immediately faced a loss. And had to live with that, and had to live with the consequences of being a superhero, and how it hurt everybody around him. Well, also, he was never super rich, so I think one thing that always kind of kept me back from truly loving Tom Holland Spider-Man is that he is—he's—he's just like happy. He's a little too happy, you know. He's like—he's a happy kid. He's got his happy powers. (laughs) Um, we know he lost his uncle Ben too, but also, do we though? (laughs) Yeah, I guess we don't know. We don't fully know what happened there, right? Because Ben didn't get to have his little speech. But he has a ton of money. He fought, you know, he saved the universe. He, like, he did so many things. I think it got so far away from, like, what the the core everyday neighborhood Spider-Man thing was always about. Um, I do feel like we lost something there. It is interesting, like, where we are at the end of this movie because it also feels like... To me, more than setting up this Spider-Man again, because it feels like they're almost gonna take a pause on this character for a little. Um, this also feels like a very smart way to like wrap up the previous other trilogies or at least previous other runs of Spider-Man, you know, and we're in spoiler territory. So I'm gonna I'm gonna get there now, you know. Of course, you bring in the villains from the Raimi and the uh the amazing Spider-Man movies. Of course, those Spider-Men show up too. And I think a lot of it is like, um, guys, I have not heard my theater scream and shout <laughs> since Endgame. Like when Andrew wow. Garfield appeared, people were just erupting. I saw this movie at a 3 p.m. matinee. It was like sparsely attended, but it was mostly teens and um, probably people who grew up with these movies. Right. And maybe like Amazing Spider-Man more than uh, uh, older people like us. Um But yeah, they love that they treat
3: him like the middle sibling. That's like my favorite thing. Exactly.
1: (laughs) And also, well, yeah, and then then um Toby McGuire appears too, and they erupted again. I'm like, okay, these kids know what's up. And I was (laughs) I was very happy about that. And so much of this movie is about them dealing with the consequences of terrible things that happened to them in their movies. And I found, first of all, I had to take a step back and just think, like, man. Where are we now? Like the, to me this is almost even more impressive than the Avengers thing. Yes. This is reaching yes. back decades through yes. other other iterations of this franchise to kind of like do interesting work with these characters and um and you see that. You see the direct result of that. You see Toby Maguire try to stop him from killing Green Goblin. Like just like he did. Um you see Andrew Garfield save Mary Jane or save like one Spider-Man's girlfriend and immediately reflect on the fact that he couldn't do that for his own. And I found those little moments really touching the banter they all have together and the way they sort of like compare with each other. Like I just, I really liked watching that to me. That was a lot of fun and they did justice by those characters and also knew what they were doing. So to me, it was more than just fan service. Like they knew what they were doing by bringing in those Spider-Man and giving, I think Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man, the best send-off I can imagine for him, like certainly more than whatever the hell the second movie of that was, and even Spider-Man 3, you know? I, I think this is a better send-off for the Tobey Maguire character than Spider-Man 3. So I just really appreciate all those things. Willem Dafoe, just once again, <laughs> once again rocking it. Like, that Ageless. first Spider, so good. <laughs> well, like, I
0: think they they de-aged Alfred Molina yes. for sure. I'm curious yeah, what they did yeah. with, with Willem Dafoe. They, if any, they for did with yeah.
3: Willem Dafoe as well. Yeah, 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 you could tell. But I I I
1: I always loved the sort of like dual performance he gave in that in the first, you know, Sam Raimi movie. I'm like, are we gonna get that again? And yeah, baby, we got it again. And it was still (laughs) good. And he was he also has these moments of just like pure like being almost like um like a child who doesn't know, like who is aware. Like that first that scene of him with uh with Aunt May, you know, at the at the shelter was kind of astounding to me because I was like, man, he is hes just kind of a hurt character who doesn't quite, he understands fully what's happening and he just needs help. And I think the overwhelming um, empathy throughout this movie, the idea that the first response here is not to just like destroy or remove these you know, horrible villains, like some of Spider-Man's worst villains, the first choice is to help. And that choice had consequences. And I found that all really, just really compelling to me. Yeah, I think you you hit the nail on the head in the sense that, like, they didn't just bring these
0: characters back for glorified cameos, mm-hmm. you know? They, they could have done that. Yep. Uh, some other movies that we've seen this year do that, but they did not do that. They actually brought these characters back, and they, it feels like there was a lot of reflection about what can we do with these characters that's interesting? Like, how mm-hmm. can we pay off these plot lines in a way that's interesting? And I feel like they really accomplished that. And that's what's one of the the most amazing things about the film. Jeff Kanata, your thoughts about Spider-Man No Way Home?
2: Well, Dave, I guess you could say my thoughts about Spider-Man No Way Home are best summed up in yet another limerick.
0: Three limericks in one episode of Bounty of Riches. Bounty of Riches.
2: Somehow Marvel has managed to fix 20 years of bad Spider-Man flicks. It's so fun to see Andrew and Toby and a fully sourced sinister six.
1: Ooh.
0: <laughs> nice. 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 Also, I'm really glad we did spoilers right from the top.
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: Otherwise,
0: I'm not sure how you would have fit that in, but yeah.
3: It would have been absolutely after- who's spoiler. the sixth.
2: Uh <laughs> wait was there not six of them? There's
3: only five.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, it all crumbles. Oh, wow. Jeff. Yeah, Jeff, I don't know. What are you gonna do now?
2: <laughs> it's Dr. fucking Strange, man. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Number I mean, <laughs> he
1: fought Dr. Strange, yeah.
2: Who is who is who is, let's be honest, a dick in this movie. A, a straight-up mm-hmm. dick. <laughs> uh,
1: all right. He's um, always a dick. Dr. Strange is not a great character. He's always an asshole. I don't is that surprising? I don't know.
2: Well, I I loved this movie uh and I think it is an extraordinary feat. It is a triumph. As you guys have mentioned, this this thing that, is, that rivals or nearly surpasses the Infinity saga because of how difficult a thing it is to pull off. And it truly is, uh, you know, Kevin Feige, I think really does feel like he can fix anything, which I'm so glad he's working on Star Wars now because maybe he will sort of retroactively make it all make sense. But uh, it 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 is unbelievable how it makes Older movies that I found so disappointing less bad somehow. Uh, These characters feel beloved, and these actors do as well. Even these sort of cheesy versions. I mean, everything is fixed. Even Green Goblin's awful costume is fixed. It's all (laughs) fixed. And we get this uh, extraordinarily fun, fun movie that I think could only kind of happen the the crazy thing the craziest thing about this movie is that it's for me right it's it only can happen in the chronology of my life and people yeah. like me right if, if this movie doesn't land the same way for people that didn't live through the last right. 20 years of Spider-Man movies.
0: If you were like 16 <laughs> years old and you watch this movie, it wouldn't have as much I think impact. it would still no, be entertaining I, I saw... but it doesn't land yeah, yeah. like it it, no, no, no. it yeah, is uh, Yeah, I'm not it saying it wouldn't optimized. be good. i just saying I'm just saying it wouldn't be the same. That's all I'm saying. It yeah. is
2: mm-hmm. optimized for 40-year-old people. <laughs> you yeah,
1: know? I think and all it, of culture it, is kind of optimized towards <laughs> well, year old <laughs> It's true, yeah, it's a, true, a, yeah.
2: And In our present moment, that is true. But yeah. uh, it, it's a wild thing because you you bringing in that baggage is what made this movie special to me. Bringing yes. in all those disappointments, bringing in you know having these characters comment on things that didn't work in their own movies and. And even wilder than that, even wilder than that, this movie is constantly talking to me, and all of us here, on a meta level, it is literally Marvel talking to us and saying, hey, we had a chance, and this is how we took chose to take it. It's over now, we don't get to do this anymore, we don't get to play with these toys, we're all going to forget. This character is going to forget that he was ever here. We, we, but with this moment, we are going to do our best to fix a character that we are, feel is beloved. And we, we love mm-hmm. this. I mean, the title, No Way Home, is basically saying, sorry, you can't come home anymore, Spider-Man. You are in someone else's hands. Three yeah. Is the magic number is the song that ends the movie. Works on two levels. Obviously, three Spider-Man are in this movie, but three movies is all Marvel gets. Three is the magic number. That's all we get. It's all we can do. We have to give the keys to the kingdom back to people. The 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 <laughs> The, f-
0: the, the the movie the worst ends with... people too by the way just the worst I'm just yeah, uh, yeah it was behind the, the, the Amazing with... Spider Man
2: trilogy let's not forget the, yeah. the yeah. movie ends with Spider Man's face coming at the camera this glorious feeling of like we did it we did it and the post credit the first post credit scene mm-hmm. is like a reminder of how Sony is going to screw this up now yep it, it was is so bad. like oh I mean it's unbelievable it's unbelievable <laughs> that there is a post credit scene I mean. We can't even talk about how Venom's post-credit scene is only paid off in the post-credit scene of this movie. It's like <laughs> it, it is so obvious that Marvel is like, you don't get to fucking touch this, and Sony's yeah. like, well, well, we'll just put it on, we'll just put it on the end, then we'll, we squeeze, get, we'll, we'll get it. squeeze it in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, we get some stuff. Uh, it, I mean, Marvel is constantly commuting. the the entire scene um, with uh, John Favreau at the end at the tombstone works. In two ways, right? Him saying that no one's going to remember, but it's still worth it because of what this meant to us in this moment. Have you ever had someone and had to let them go before you were ready to be? Le- it's like, it's Marvel straight up saying, goodbye, Spider-Man. We, we had our shot. We took three was the magic number. That's all we got. We integrated into him into our universe and then we erased it. Because we don't get to do this anymore, I just I found all of that to be so powerful and resonant and interesting, and and again, all of this is because all of the baggage of bad Spider-Man movies yes. that I've lived through in my life that are fixed and cleaned and erased and made tidy, all for Sony to just shit the bed again in subsequent years.
1: I and by the way, like. The, the thing is it's not like everybody's forgetting about Spider-Man right to be clear people are just forgetting about Peter Parker. So yeah, yeah. But, I, but, I but I think know. Jeff is saying like yeah. this
0: version this of, version of Spider-Man. I, right? I think like, this yeah. is
2: Marvel saying farewell to Spider-Man. I think I, I don't mm-hmm. know maybe Dan, you know do do they have the rights to Miles Morales?
3: uh they do not uh, mm-hmm. they they do have one more film with him. They have a contract for him to be in an event film um so he can have like one more appearance and there's been rumors about like amy pascal has announced
0: Are you talking about spider-man or miles morales stan
3: uh, no spider-man
0: yeah um, spider-man Parker. that's what I thought, yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so so he no, may so spider-man tom miles. holland may appear in like one more marvel film
2: but marvel doesn't theory. get because yeah. my understanding and i could have the timelines wrong but didn't wasn't miles morales create created after the deal with sony or is it it doesn't matter
3: uh, it doesn't matter. They get yeah. whatever, like, so like, uh, for example, when, uh, since, you know, Fox had the X-Men series for such a long time, uh, there was an incentive inside of Marvel comics to like, you know, uh, de-incentivize the X-Men and the fantastic four, which they didn't have. So for a long time, they didn't put out fantastic Four comics right. because they were basically handing over creative ideas to yeah. other companies. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But
0: I, I think we've gone over the history before. But just to recap, in case people aren't aware, um, Sony holds the rights to make Spider Man films, and they have for a very long time. And it they basically, basically saved made a mess Marvel.
2: Of... It saved Marvel as, as a, a company because they, yeah. they sold off those rights to stay solvent. Right to uh, many ironically. different companies,
0: including Sony. Right? Indeed, um, and Sony has d- had a good run with the Raimi films, but then had a bad run with the Amazing Spider-Man films. And you know, Marvel came in and basically said, "Hey, you guys have the rights. We have the actual storytelling capability. Let us make the mo- let us make the movies. You can distribute them," which is basically what's happened. Uh, but it was apparently a three-picture deal, and so we've had this, this amazing, you know, sequence of three films plus Peter Parker getting to be in the MCU. And now the three films are up, and uh, and in that time, uh, as I think we've discussed either on a, a previous episode or an after arc, that basically uh, Sony has made three hit films in the Spider Man universe. And so they're about ready for those Spider Man rights to come back home, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I and- actually
3: found the Venom post credit scene kind of uplifting because, you know, if, if they were truly going to merge these universes, as you're suggesting. Why leave a symbiote behind in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Right? Like because why because they have no fucking that. plan
2: for that. <laughs> I mean, it's scene yeah. for scene's sake. It was a scene <laughs> that meant nothing and was intended yeah. to mean nothing. I, it was just literally leave like this on the bar here and uh, <laughs> you know maybe we'll come back no, to it someday. I guarantee you there's no fucking plan for that. <laughs>
1: there's no plan. Yeah. And they've never had really a plan for the symbiote too. Like I I will yeah. never forget Spider-Man 3 is just like I guess he falls out of the fucking sky. I guess, and he lands near Peter Parker. I guess that's it. That's what happens. Yeah, mm. I d-
3: I do at least think that that scene is in character for the Venom character, it, 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 at least the Sony Venom character. That he would be c- called into the Marvel Cinematic Universe by that spell or whatever, and <laughs> he would just sit there and get drunk the whole time instead of like joining up with the Sinister Six. Like that, that just seems like that trashy version of that character would just do that it's
2: it's so telling to me that this big reveal at the end of the venom movie is oh he's gonna be part of this and marvel's like fuck off
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if that was quite the dynamic but he basically like enters this film at the end of venom uh, let Mm -hmm. there be carnage and then at the end of spider-man no way home exits the film right like as far as I can tell, right? well, he's
2: never in the movie, he's only yeah, in the post credit yeah, yeah. scene,
0: it, it exits the universe, I should say, you know. Yeah, so uh, but yeah, Jeff, I, I gotta say, I got a little emotional you talking about that. You know, it's like, yeah, like Spider-Man is such a beloved character, and we got to have like three decent, two great films about him. Mm-hmm. Plus, he got to have fun with our, our other favorite characters in the Marvel Universe, and who knows what's gonna happen, you know. Morbius is gonna bomb, and then we'll see, we'll see, but I'm yeah. not. Super hopeful we're going to get a lot of great Spider-Man stories yeah. in the future, who, I,
1: I can't wait for Morbius, guys. I really wonder what's up with Morbius, <laughs> the vampire. Well, you know, Devendra, uh, I feel the same way. And yet, at the same
0: time, um, Venom made $800 million. So I'm like, yeah. you know, who knows? Who knows? When, when he I'm appears worried.
1: on screen, I will point and say, that's Morbius. <laughs> yes.
3: I,
2: I hope that Tom, when Tom Holland, when they come, they back that truck up to his house with all the money in it. I hope he says no. I hope he says no. I hope we can we'll see. We can keep the integrity yeah, he, of this. You I, know, I have all the Uncharted money. I, have, yeah. Yeah,
0: I was going to say, I have one word in response, Jeff. Uncharted. I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, uh, you again, a, which is so, a
2: Sony joint. A Sony yeah. joint. A Sony, Sony joint. Oh, That's right. The same, people. the same people.
0: Anyway. He's already um, right, playing going to get, break. Yeah, uh, right. We're going to take a <laughs> quick break to thank a sponsor, and we'll be right back.
2: This episode of the Filmcast is brought to you by Mubi a curated streaming service showing exceptional films from around the globe. Every day, Mubi premieres a new film. Every day! From iconic directors to emerging auteurs, there is always something new to discover. With Mubi, each and every film is hand-selected. It's like your own personal film festival, streaming anytime, anywhere. And just one example of the great kinds of things you can discover on Mubi is South Korean cinema. If you're like us on the Filmcast and you love directors like Bong Joon-ho and Hong Sang-soo, you've got to check out the South Korean cinema section on MUBI. It's brand new, curated, fantastic. And that's just one example of the kinds of interesting films you can find on MUBI. You can try MUBI free for 30 days at movie.com/slash filmcast. That's M-U-B-I.com slash filmcast. That's MUBI.com slash Filmcast. For a whole month of great cinema for free. Do you love Dune and other movies by Denis Villeneuve? Are you impressed at how well I pronounced that? Well, there's an entire section on MUBI for the early films of Denis Villeneuve. I'm telling you, they have the best taste in movies at MUBI. You got to check it out. And why not? You can try it free for 30 days at MUBI.com slash filmcast. M-U-B-I dot com slash F-I-L-M-C-A-S-T for 30 days
3: of great cinema
2: for free.
3: All right, Dan, we're going to say something. I, I was going to say that he's already playing hard to get. He's like been yeah. releasing <laughs> mm-hmm. these press releases where he's like, if I'm doing this run 30, something went horribly wrong. <laughs> and Amy Pascal is <laughs> suggesting they already have a trilogy in, in the works before walking that back. So, you know. Uh, wow. who, who really knows what's going on well
0: Jeff I thought that was beautifully said but I think the thing to me that meant the most about this Spider-Man movie which I, by the way I loved loved love love this movie it's like one of my <laughs> favorite films of the year I think for many of the reasons that all of you have already articulated um, but the thing that I, I don't think any of you have brought up yet uh, although some of you may think is like the thing that resonates most to me about this Spider-Man and Devendra yeah you you brought it up actually was like that that Spider-Man is about making hard sacrifices. Mm-hmm. It's about like choosing between a normal life and the and life of fighting crime. With great power comes great responsibility, et cetera, et cetera. And he has always been a very lonely guy. He's been a lonely character that no one understands. And this movie allowed literally the only other people in the multiverse who might understand what he feels like to be able to like commune with him, right? Mm-hmm. To be able to like... Hang out with him and for them to like just hang out, share hey, their man, thoughts I about get it. Yeah. Yeah. Share their thoughts Let's about like what it's our like web to, shooters. Yeah. yeah all, all the things that have like, uh, that they've like lost over the years and all the challenges that it's like. And it's just like, there's just something really beautiful. It's like watching kind of a support group in some mm-hmm. ways. And, mm-hmm. and there's something also about the fact that all of these people have had varying levels of treatment by the studio system. You know, I think Andrew Garfield has talked publicly about how he felt done a little bit dirty by the Spider-Man films, like how it Mm -hmm. didn't go well for, you know, an actor has very little control over the final product of the movie. Right. Yeah. Shows up. He says lines, he can shape his performance in a certain way, but like ultimately the movies made in the edit, the movies made by direction and so on and many other components. And so he had no control over how terrible those films were Mm -hmm. and or received. And the idea that he could come back and kind of try to do things to redeem that character, I just thought was very interesting. It, it actively makes those movies better.
1: I'm not going to go back and rewatch them. No, but
3: yeah. it, it makes them <laughs> yeah, better. My you know? memory of them it is better. better
1: in retrospect. Like we yeah, were, yeah. Um, Dave, I, I wonder if you were there too, Jeff. Like uh, that Comic Con, uh, there was a Comic Con where Andrew Garfield was announced yeah. uh, that he would be Spider Man. And he, uh, as we waited for him to do his like Sage thing, the camera pans to, you know, the audience, the audience, the line of people who normally stand by a microphone to ask questions. And there's a guy in a Spider-Man outfit reading a really heartfelt letter about what Spider-Man means to him. And it's Andrew Garfield talking about the, in crying about playing this character. And I remember that moment, like he clearly was attached to it. I felt so bad that those were the movies he got basically. Right. I
2: also love the fact that they allowed these characters to be the age that they, the actors are right. right? They they didn't, they didn't didn't pretend
0: they didn't de-age the Spider-Man.
2: They didn't de-age the Spider-Man. They didn't pretend that these Spider-Man were still in their movies. They had progressed in their own universes past that age and were able to look back on that. And you get to have Tobey Maguire as a, what nearing fifty, probably Old, yeah, forty you know? something.
1: Spider Man, yeah. yeah, still Good. having trouble with MJ too. Like still on and off, apparently. Like I, poor guy. But, yeah. but I, I felt that weight, Jeff. Right, I felt yes. like it's like it's mm-hmm. it's like an
0: older actor's kind of passing the torch on giving advice yeah. to yeah. a younger actor who's about it, to go through the studio system. Right, I think
2: mm-hmm. it's an extraordinarily difficult decision to make. I think as the filmmaker it's a surprising decision. It's not mm-hmm. the I think the obvious decision. The obvious decision was let's pretend that these Spider-Man are plucked right from their movies into our universe. That would be the obvious way to go. Mm-hmm. And I think it is so much smarter, more mature, more interesting to allow our young Spider-Man in the in the in the home trilogy to benefit from this 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 wealth of experience and the the gravitas, as you said, the the weight of having them be who they are and have gone through a life. It's it's I'm surprised that that happened. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so brilliant. So the the other thing
0: you you mentioned that I really loved about it is that it (laughs) the movie. Clearly knows the conversations that nerds have about Spider-Man. Yes, and, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. what I mean by that, like the biggest example hey. being like the web shooters. right? Yes, yes. like we all <laughs> knew that it was weird when Tobey Maguire's version of Spider-Man didn't use the web cartridges. Yeah, he just shot webs out of his arms, and the other two Spider-Men use the cartridges. And yes, if you're paying close attention, like us on this podcast do, you know that difference, and they bring yeah. it up and discuss it at length in this. It's movie. amazing. And I'm just like. This is so awesome that, like, A, mm-hmm. somebody noticed and gave a crap, but B, they're acknowledging it and, like, make it into, like, this
1: humorous
3: moment yeah. in the film. This is, Wasn't yeah. that –
1: that was, like, a James Cameron idea originally, right, Dan? Like, of the yeah, organic I, web shooters? I, I believe
3: so. I mean – From
1: his, like, unmade treatment in the 90s, yeah. Yeah,
3: you, you can read, like, the script online, um, and there's a lot of details like that that are just, like, weirdly different. Mm-hmm. I mean – Leonardo yeah, I, DiCaprio I remember, as Peter Parker. And yeah. It actually makes way more sense. As, yeah. It makes way
2: more sense that he would get the powers of a spider and be able to create his own thing. Then yeah. sure, he's also a genius who also invented something <laughs> no one's ever thought of. That's Well, sure. that's what
0: they said. That's what Sam Raimi said was he's yeah. like, mm-hmm. It the idea of like, hey, he, this guy, this kid has access to like adhesive technology that like 3M can't even come up with. Like that's like, and but that, that's the thing. That was 20 years ago mm-hmm. when we basically mm-hmm. had no superheroes on the big screen. So right. like people wouldn't buy shit like
1: that as much as
2: they it
0: was, do today. It was a rough we have time, guys. suits
2: and nobody fucking blinks an eye. <laughs> they,
1: they mentioned, they mentioned nanotech. Doc Ock is like, oh, interesting. Nanotech. Oh, just, so, the
2: nanotech so much. was his
1: doom.
0: Yeah,
2: that, that scene made me so angry. Like
1: <laughs> with the
0: nanotech suit, when it like goes yeah, well, on his just, arms and stuff like that. Yeah, that's <laughs> the way he
2: takes over Doc Ock's thing. Is the suit just decides it's gonna it's it's <laughs> yeah yeah. I don't think well, um, I honestly don't think the first first act of this movie. I, I was a little worried, honestly, about mm-hmm. about where the movie was going in the first act. I thought the interactions with Doctor Strange are weird. I was really really hoping. All of this multiverse stuff would have a much bigger tie to Kang than, than, just, than just Doctor Strange deciding to fuck up a spell, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it, it, by the way, <laughs> if you have the power to make everyone forget something, uh-huh. are we going to use it on a teenager? Sure, why not? Are we going to maybe make them forget, oh, I don't know, to hate people? Based on how they look. <laughs> Listen, has uh, did uh, the
1: Eternals teach you nothing, Jeff? Yeah, like you cannot yeah. you cannot just yeah.
2: control people's minds like that. Yeah. Come maybe on, maybe just make people forget <laughs> yeah. that there's any reason to hate people. I don't know. Maybe and then
1: people meet other people and are like, oh yeah, well, I, yeah, I get it. I mean, here's my thing: was, is <laughs>
0: they forget Peter Parker, but like, what about all the YouTube videos and cell phone <laughs> videos yeah. of who Peter like? Do they. Yeah, what's
2: the. Yeah, what what is (laughs) MJ and. um, uh, What's his name? It's not the. Not how he. What's his name in the comic? Ned Leeds. Ned. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Do they just like blacked out for the last three years of their lives or or, what's the deal with that? You know, the, the. does, uh, right. did they, they,
0: they still have an MIT letter that says, like, due mm-hmm. to recent events, it's like, wouldn't they figure, try to figure out what that was? And uh, what about Facebook? Like, isn't Peter Barker on Facebook? And <laughs> wouldn't he be friends with a lot of people? Anyway. You guys uh, need
1: a lot of explanation for magic. It's, well, uh, the key is magic. The, the
2: point is, it's know, sitting right fit, there. Yeah. Like, they've established multiverse shit. And you don't need to yeah. have – I don't know. It's it felt like yeah, – yeah, so yeah. the first act, I was like <laughs> – <laughs> I'm getting the rut, rut row feeling on this, but it R- it, R- t- it totally yeah. turns itself around, and and it's 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 having so much fun by the time we get two other Spider Men in there mm-hmm. yes. that you know the, the movie is just clicking on all cylinders at a certain point, and it's mm-hmm. it's just a blast.
0: I agree completely, Jeff. That when it was like the whole thing is because Doctor Strange <laughs> fucked up a spell. I'm like, re- like really? That's what the well, stakes are. Well, it's because for this Peter thing? Peter made him fuck up the spell. No, I do. Yeah, I yeah, they, but, they, but you know, so like, so they supreme. didn't get into
3: MIT. He's not. Not yeah, anymore.
0: This is like this is like Suicide Squad, where like they ended up creating the problem that they're trying to solve. Yeah. But like yeah. I agree that it's so much fun, mm-hmm. and the stuff they do with the other Spider-Man is so good. Now, on mm-hmm. that note, Dan Gvason, I, I you know I, I haven't heard you speak extensively about this yet. Like they bring in all the other Spider-Man, uh, you know, into this movie, and um, and I think like when I spoke with you before this podcast began, you know, one of your concerns, complaints with the movie is like it ultimately becomes more about the three of them, then it is a story about this particular Tom Holland Spider-Man. Right. And I'm curious yeah. like, how you feel about that.
3: Uh, I mean, like I agree with all the things that have been said about the, like just the joy of seeing those characters and seeing their stories, like, like altered in a way to make them look better. And, and this really is a celebration of, uh, you know, Spider-Man past and, and present. And I really love that about it. But I do think that the the movie spends, too much of its emotional energy on those characters and some of the beats for our Peter Parker um, get alighted or don't feel quite as strong. Um, we haven't talked at all about the, the death of aunt may mm-hmm. and like for me, I, I both saw it happening before it happened. I think the way that the moment plays out is really kind of like awkward and anticlimactic. Like she, you see her get hit. She's fine. She's fine. And then she gets to deliver the line and then she's dead. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like it, it faked me out only to to not fake me out. And, and I thought that was kind of weak for a moment that's supposed to kind of like radically change the character. And mm-hmm. I think the thing that I have the biggest problem with in this movie is, you know, for the past two MCU Spider-Man movies, uh, we've seen this character. Um, I mean, it's interesting how they handled violence. In in the movies past, uh, you know, they made a real point in Spider Man Homecoming to never have him throw a punch in the whole movie. He only like redirects other people's punches and, mm-hmm. and or uses his webs. And um, I thought that was really interesting for like a youthful character. But in this movie, after Aunt May dies, they sent him on this like path of revenge. And you know, in the comics, Spider Man has like gotten blinded by like vengeance and stuff, but it's not really truly a part of like the character, especially after you've just learned or supposedly learned a lesson that, that with great power must also come great responsibility um, or sorry, there must also come great responsibility because they finally got it right in, in this one. But um, uh, in the final moments where he's fighting the green goblin and just wailing on him like as violently as possible. I mean, they go out of their way to make those punches like land pretty sickeningly um, because you think he's going to like do it. He's going to kill him. And he picks up his glider to stab him. And then Tobey Maguire jumps in and stops him. Mm -hmm. And there's no signal that um, Tom Holland, Spider-Man would have stopped. Like he would have gone mm -hmm, through with it. And to me, it's like such a false like victory for that character. Cause like if, if that's the choice he was going to make, then he's not the hero that I think he is. And he gets the big heroic send off. Like he, you know, and look, I love the last five minutes of this movie where he makes that choice. But I, like that particular beat I found like really kind of unforgivable. Like I get, they used it to redeem the Toby character. Uh, like he got, but I would say this,
0: this mm -hmm. movie is also Tom Holland's character learning that he shouldn't be that way. Right. And yeah, he's still in the, same in the process way of learning,
2: right? It, it, mm-hmm. You know, it's goblin is standing in for the guy that the thug at the wrestling thing that right. kills. the
3: burglar, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: It, it, it's a stand-in for that, right? That's that's the same lesson that he learns when he's too violent with that guy. It's it's just transposing that onto the green goblin.
3: Yeah, I I get that. It's just, like, but like it it's it's followed up with like I don't. I just don't think they explore it enough to like mm-hmm. earn it. it. There's no follow up on it. Like it's just kind of like he gets a hero moment right after that. Um, and it wasn't a choice like of of his. I, 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 like it, it. They're criticizing like, hey, I let the burglar. I like killed that burglar, even though he technically didn't. He he, he, he like, fell out of the right? window. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, but in this one, it was like, oh no. Like his intent was. To, to murder the guy and then we don't see him like change his mind really i mean i guess he lets toby stop him mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i don't i don't know i mean it's like it's not like i like hated it it just like really like wrinkled for me and like in an, a way i'm like ah yeah like yeah. especially because this character was shown to be so like not violent in the past uh it, it's, it's just a weird beat for me with like a like this character who we've already celebrated as being Spider-Man in mm-hmm. the past. And maybe that gets to my whole thing where it's like, I, I still don't really love that they have like basically erased the Uncle Ben lesson and scenario from existence. Like to the point that they, we visit Aunt May's grave and I guess she was did, decided not to get a plot <laughs> yeah. next to her, yep. her ex-husband. Or, yeah, no. Um, fuck, no fuck that
0: guy. Fuck that guy. Yeah, we don't, yeah. we don't want then, to be buried next to him.
3: Yeah and the and the other spider people like come and they're like I had an Uncle Ben and the other like I had an Uncle Ben and he, and he's like I he doesn't say anything like <laughs> he, he not had no Uncle Ben you know That's true like, my that's Uncle true.
1: Ben is in an indeterminate place right now yeah. you know
3: That that whole thing um, yeah.
0: by
1: the way reminded me of the bit of uh, into the spider verse where all the other you know uh alternative universe spider verse uh, spider people uh <laughs> said they lost something too you know yeah. and there is that moment of reflection, and even that movie kind of gets at how core that is to the character, yeah. I think. Yeah, so
0: Dan, I think that's a totally understandable point of view. I mean, I think what y- you kind of, as-, as far as I can tell, hold the character of Spider Man, who's a beloved character that many, many people love, right? Like, you hold them in you hold him in kind of these in this esteem, and that he has these kind of essential characteristics in your mind, right? That this movie. Implies that maybe this version doesn't have one of which is uh, he doesn't ruthlessly murder some guy that's like at his mercy, right? And I guess for me, I don't have quite those associated. Like for me, I'm like, okay, I'm willing to like try to accept whatever version of Spider Man they give me this time around. And in this case, what they did is they they basically used these kind of older. Uh, sadder, more bitter versions of Spider-Man to say to Tom Holland's (laughs) character, don't be like us, right? Don't- (laughs) Learn from us. Yeah, learn from us, right? And there's some, that to to me, there's a trade-off involved there. Mm -hmm. You make the present day version of the Tom Holland character shittier in exchange for being able to kind of have this sort of communal moment between the three of them where they're like, hey, we're going to stop you from in the only way that we can. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found that to be very moving. Now that said, understood if that didn't work for you, but is it yeah, making I mean, sense? Like, what like I'm, I'm saying?
3: Like I said, I I'm wrestling with it, but but I, like I, again, I just wonder about the kind of consistency of characterization. Like in Spider-Man: Homecoming, we see him like jump into fire to save the Vulture so mm-hmm. that he doesn't die. You know, like this guy that like tried to kill, said he would kill yeah. like him and his family. You know, in uh, but but then we also see him like kill a space alien. In, in infinity war you know <laughs> like he gets him sucked out into space um and it's like right well you know, and also like,
0: like thor yeah. ragnarok completely reinvents thor as like a wisecracking yeah. you know dude so I, I i don't know i guess i feel like i kind of at this stage in the marvel cinematic universe i'm willing to like accept a kind of malleability to these characters depending on the story they're trying to tell you know
3: yeah, I, um, I think I do too. It's just like, I I always kind of just like, I'm like, I'm trying to figure out like the character that they're presenting. I mean, this is this is like mo- like modern myth, right? And I want to understand what mm-hmm, they're trying to say mm-hmm. with, with this character, right? We, we've been saying they had one shot, right? Or three shots or whatever. <laughs> so like, what is their like version of this myth that they're trying to present to us? And is it coherent, you know? Mm-hmm, uh, and I mm-hmm. think they did like, again, I'm saying, I think they did a great job. I'm just trying to understand like what it is they're trying to say and how they present it. Um, I mean, Jeff said it in his limerick, which is like with great IP comes great responsibility. And yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I do, I do hold this character character up because I don't see him. Like that was my problem with far from home was in that movie. I felt like they treated him just like a, any other superhero with spider powers. Mm-hmm. Right. And this movie I think gets it far more right. Um, but yeah, anyway, I, I, mm-hmm. I'm I'm always critical of it and I'm trying to wrestle with like, okay, well, how comfortable do I feel about with that? Yeah. Yeah. Well good one to hear of your most, thoughts.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate your thoughts for sure, Dan. Um, one of the most powerful moments in the movie to me is they pulled a, a eternal sunshine at the end of this film, right? Mm-hmm. Which I obviously love that movie, but to me, I was and I, I think, you know, Dan, you you probably agree. Like you've said basically that the end of this movie finally completes the origin story of Spider-Man, right? <laughs> of this version of spider-man and i think there's a there's a lot of truth to that because the end of this movie is him seeing his friends and realizing that they are better off without him right or Mm -hmm. that they're better their lives are better not knowing him and that is like such a tragic idea that's like so heartbreakingly sad but it's him making the ultimate sacrifice right of his personhood his friendships um in the service of the greater good. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just found that to be like really moving, you know, and a really good performance by all, all
1: actors involved at that moment. (laughs) All that Mary Jane will remember is the world's most awkward coffee order.
0: You know, (laughs) plus this this bump on the noggin she got for no reason that she can remember. Right. Yeah.
3: I think um, like, you know, this series has always been about like what it means to be a kid, you know, like Spider-Man homecoming is about when you're like a teenager you can only think about being older, right? You mm-hmm. always want to get ahead in life. And he talks about like dropping out of high school so he can become an Avenger, you know, he's, and, and the lesson of that film is you got to be comfortable where you're at. Right. And at the end of the film, he rejects the costume. And I think it's like, for me, that was like the biggest fist pump moment, uh, in the, like the MCU series until like the end of this movie. Um, and, and the end of this movie, we see him truly become spider man, He's not a kid anymore. He has like <laughs> moved out like on his own. You know, he is no longer in high school. He, there's like, uh, you know, tokens of his childhood in his room, like the Lego Emperor Palpatine, the cup of coffee. You know, these are mementos from his childhood. Like many of us have when we go to is you know, like we leave our hometown behind or we like move on from like friends and embrace like a new different kind of lifestyle and you know you know he walks up the stairs and you hears someone shout like where's your rent you know just like in the you know the raimi trilogy and it's like okay like he is like if they move forward this it's going to be about who is spider-man as an adult now Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and like he's sewing his own costume he's going to truly do it on his own without like uh, tony as a parental figure that is helping him out and supporting him, you know, like, and, and all of those things were calculated. And that's why for me, the end of this movie is so strong. Is it finally like that click for me? Like, Oh, I see why they like haven't embraced like the, the guilt, the uncle, but like they were holding it all back because that was all kind of like the culmination of childhood. And now that's going to move on to something else. And Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's in the MCU or not, like, I think that statement is really profound in the final moments of this movie.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So
0: there were a few things that I felt were weaknesses in the film. Like overall, I love this movie. I thought it was amazing. Recommend everyone sees it. There were a few things that I thought were kind of weak. I I feel like this is yet another Spider-Man movie that kind of ends with a bunch of CG mess slash nonsense. And uh, you compare like Spider-Man movies to, you know, Captain America movies, for example. And, (laughs) I just feel like the final battle sequences or just the battle sequences in general, are, there's obviously a lot more hand-to-hand in the Captain America movies. And it just feels a lot more
2: real, I guess, more visceral to me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I had that uh, moment, uh, Dave,
2: where I was like, I told these guys that if they remade the Burly Brawl now, it would look good.
1: I told you no. I told you no, <laughs> told you, yeah, no you did
2: sir. tell me no. I was like, yeah. nah, I guess Marvel can't even do it.
1: Every movie. Everybody looks the
3: same. Mm -hmm. And the like the Statue of Liberty, like the scaffolding, like I had no understanding of the geography of that sequence. Mm -hmm. What Uh, a cool idea
2: though that they are replacing. I mean, it's transgressive as hell, but (laughs) the idea that they would put Captain America's shield. I mean, talk about talk about a corporate entity that has no fear of of backlash, I mean, yeah. Then, but well, but,
0: in
1: the world, I think it makes complete sense. You
0: know, it, it does make complete, complete sense. sense. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. It's just but, it is
1: certainly calling your shot. Disney is like, I want that. I want yeah. a Statue of Liberty. I want Mickey Mouse's face yeah. on a Statue of Liberty. <laughs> our, you know, and our I want character, Captain America's shield. The uh-huh.
2: character is more important than America than
1: America. The same shield that uh, just decapitated somebody on TV?
2: Like,
0: <laughs> man. Man. Well, what did it was you a learn decapitation about the dark side they, of the, They beat someone to death with it, I think. Uh, a,
1: you know, they, didn't, they cut away. They, they didn't really away. show it. But if you put a very sharp shield straight down on somebody's head... Um, <laughs> I'll leave it up to you guys. To yeah. Devendra
0: knows from personal experience what happens yeah. in that scenario. It's, uh, so.
1: Listen, I, I chop meat all the time. Like it's uh, bad news, bad news guys. Come on. Chops yeah. meat with a
3: shield. I do say, yeah.
1: Uh,
0: Wait till
3: you see so, what yeah. Marvel does with the dark side of the moon. Uh, because that's coming up.
1: Oh boy.
0: Uh, <laughs> so I think the action scenes are fine. Like there's some cool moments, like when he's first getting away from Otto Octavius, like that's mm-hmm. really cool. When, you know, on the bridge, like all that stuff was, was pretty, pretty fun. But I just can't shake the feeling when I'm watching these movies that this is just a bunch of CG stuff, and like there's no one actually physically doing any of this, yeah, uh, and, which is know. kind of a yeah. bummer. And I think and... that's
3: half the conceit of them being in cells for so long mm-hmm. is they couldn't get these actors in the same place. So they're like, <laughs> we can just record them in booths and we'll just mm-hmm. put mm-hmm. them in cells. I also like how
0: Jamie Foxx is like, okay, I'll come back and do it, but I am not looking like that nerd dude anymore. I know. Give me a makeover. Yeah, no explanation, except they do comment on it, which is like nice, but you know, yeah, they're just like, yeah, he's he's different looking now. For some reason, he's a a whole different person now, um, which I guess is kind of explained in in Amazing Spider-Man 2.
1: We we didn't Um, talk about uh, Charlie Cox. That was a nice little moment. Uh, Daredevil appears in this movie. Oh, someone in my theater literally screamed yeah. when that happened. People, when Charlie the Cox teams. appears on screen, somebody, mm-hmm.
0: so this is a press screening with like 30 people in it. Somebody in the back room was like, oh! Yeah. <laughs> somebody was like, oh! Like just, just literally just screamed yeah. when, when but that's Daredevil so, appears.
2: I mean, uh, you can mm-hmm. uh, disagree with me if, if, if you like, uh, Dan, but uh, I feel like that to me is what is so joyous about being a... A lifelong comic book fan that is experiencing these MCU movies in real time. It's like that's something that would happen in the comics mm-hmm. because it can and it's easy. Does yeah. he need a lawyer? Oh, yeah, we have a lawyer character. Of course, his lawyer is Daredevil. Like that's our lawyer character, or, you know, be She Hulk or whatever. It's like in the comics, it's just, it's the other character can just be there because they're there and they function and it's yeah. you just have to yeah. draw them. And the fact that, <laughs> somehow the contracts that are seem impossible are worked out by this massive mega corporation, make it possible. It's it's, it's Mm -hmm. mystifying and magical to me.
1: It's Uh, just too bad. Spider-Man will never see daredevil again. Like it's just that one meeting and never again.
0: I was talking to Dan about how impressive this movie is as an act of film production. Like just yes. mm-hmm. just from a producer standpoint, logistics. Yeah, yeah, this is one of the like legal and actor and all these logistics. It is extremely impressive. Uh, impressive, and also, um, did you guys notice that the closing credits, the end credits of this movie, ground to a halt. Uh, to say, hey, the filmmakers would like to thank Avi Arad for his contributions yeah. to bringing yep. Spider-Man to the big screen. I, I yeah. laughed
3: yep. out loud in the theater.
0: <laughs> right. So, so I think the, uh, you know, I, I talked to Dan a little bit about this, and I think our our operating theory is that Avi Arad, for those who don't know, was instrumental in bringing Spider-Man into the big screen via Raimi's films, and mm-hmm. has since kind of not been a part of yeah. the franchise, and so. Uh, probably they're like, you know, Avi Arad was like, how dare you make this movie without me? And they kind of threw that in, to kind of make they're him like, not be angry.
2: What what will know? it take to let us do this? And he's like, "Well, you must fillet me on screen." And they're like, "Okay, no problem.
0: You must give me an end credits acknowledgement, unlike any special thanks. It can't just be special thanks, me and five hundred names. It must be a whole separate card, a whole lot, all yeah. the stuff I did." Um, so yes, that's. I think it's, that's probably uh, why that happened. Is my guess. Uh, Jeff, that's great. to
3: your point, um, I, I absolutely agree with you. In fact, like that was one of the Easter eggs on my list. Amazing Spider-Man two nineteen Daredevil is Spider-Man's lawyer. Yeah, um, but uh, uh, yeah, I think that's really magical. For me, I was just thrilled because, like, I love the character of Daredevil. I think it's Marvel's mm-hmm. like character with the best written stories, and. To to think that Daredevil was just locked into this Netflix show and we wouldn't get that character again, I think yeah. was a real shame. And
1: what, what, uh, what about I, the Defenders, guys? We never talk about the Defenders. When uh, is Iron
0: Fist going to show man, up again? Man. anyway I also yeah, think but, it's
2: funny that clearly Thomas Hayden Church could not be bothered. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'll do some VO, but that's really it. That's,
0: well, he does show up in that one mm-hmm. scene at the end.
1: Does, mm-hmm, does he? Right?
2: I
0: think that's still CG. It's a, it's a Youngified version. <laughs> I think it's still but, yeah. CG Thomas yeah. Hayden Church. They got a body
1: double and they put Thomas Hayden Church's head on it. <laughs> I mean, basically. they have the technology. We could be doing that right now, you know? So, yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: and uh, the other thing that I really liked about the movie, I mean, I, I, I'll expand on something earlier I said, is, you know, I love that even the fact that, you know, the other spider man uh, Well, I, I love just that it, the movie kind of acknowledges and in some ways celebrates the difference between the three different franchises, the di- mm-hmm. different versions of the character, mm-hmm. right? The web shooter coming out of the arm. The fact that the first two Spider-Men do- don't even know who the Avengers are. Yeah. It's acknowledged, that was awesome. right? That was so funny. And, um, I I love uh, the little talk that I think Thomas Hayden Church character and and Jamie Foxx talk about. Like, oh, oh, like, I fell into a vat of eels, and he's like, you got to be careful where you fall.
3: (laughs) (laughs) But but I think, like,
0: hearing all these characters describe their end, it did strike me kind of how violently all these characters died in the other Spider Man movies. Uh, Yeah. And and I think that this movie's plot tries to, like, reckon with that in some way, Mm -hmm. right? It tries to basically say, like, hey, like, maybe we shouldn't be killing all these guys off you know like that there's perhaps a more compassionate way yeah. to go about this he's spider-man not
1: batman okay yeah i, I,
2: I did, couldn't help well Bat- batman's not supposed to do that either I, not I supposed to yeah did, you know somebody has to tell Zack snyder but yeah, yeah. um <laughs> the the other thing that i, I couldn't help but think uh, as i was sitting there is is what other ip could you do that like could you have all the mm-hmm. bonds in some sort could, of crazy multiverse well they,
1: they They just did it in Superman on TV.
2: Oh, yeah. Like they did the Superman meetup. Like Yeah, that's true.
1: We have. Here's the thing. We have so many things now that you could do this (laughs) with Jeff. Like, yeah, you could do this with Bond. You could do this with uh uh X-Men at this point. Like, and they they already made a series of that, but you know, like we have so many iterations of these scene characters over and over again. Um, to me, what was just so compelling is that, hey, they actually like did good by bringing these all back together. I can't imagine like Toby Maguire thought he'd ever be like associated with Spider-Man again. You know, and I'm well, kind of glad it, like you got a bit it, of that. Don't yeah.
3: encourage them to do this with all these other <laughs> franchises. <laughs> it
2: was it was great too because I I definitely thought oh they they weren't going to be able to talk Toby into actually putting the suit on again, right? right. And then they made a gag to. out of that. You know, like it's it's
0: yeah. I, I mean, there are so many moments when my brain was exploding. Like like when, <laughs> yeah. when Matt Murdoch shows up, I'm like. I'm, I'm someone in my theater is screaming my brains. I'm like, how did they even make this happen? And how does yeah. it all make sense? And then when the spider man show up, I'm like, whole, I'm freaking the F out. And uh, it just was such a joy to watch the movie. And, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. It, it was so funny, too. Like, there were so many Jokes, commenting on like the ridiculousness of this entire situation that they're in. Yeah, uh, I I really just the, had a great that conversation
2: this, but, yeah. about uh fighting an alien. You know, uh, I thought fought it. <laughs> What's the weirdest bad guy you fought? You know, that was such an awesome yes. conversation. I uh, been to
3: space. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> it shows, yeah, it shows the privilege of the Tom Holland Spider Man. Like such a
3: <laughs> such a spoiled yeah. brat. You're like, I can not yeah. pay yeah. rent, and this guy's going to space.
1: go
0: to space. Yeah. I was going to say, by the way, one of the moments when I really freaked out was when they brought back the Danny Elfman theme.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yes. From the,
0: the Raimi Spider-Man movies. There's a moment Mm -hmm. when the biggest moment I can remember this is when, um, they finally like inject the Sandman or whatever with his freaking cure. Mm -hmm. And then you hear the Danny Elfman theme. It's unmistakable. It's a beautiful theme. It's great. And I was like, just had chills chills because it's like i remember Mm -hmm. being so excited like those first two spider-man movies were great you know Mm -hmm. watching those movies and like this movie really made me think of that in in a really profound way so
1: this was a great movie to watch with an audience too because this is a movie that speaks to the generations of people who have been you know watching these spider-man movies and i'm here uh you know older guy i'm not quite 40 (laughs) yet but i'm getting there and uh there are teenagers behind me, like lapping all this up. And then there are these really young kids who are growing up just entirely with the Tom Holland, Spider-Man and everybody's just like enjoying it. And certainly like not everybody's getting all the jokes, but what a cool experience that everybody gets their own Spider-Man and they can, they can kind of enjoy them all at once. Uh, I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, it sounds like the, the movie inc- works for people who mm-hmm. haven't seen the other Spider-Man. Yes, movies, right. Mm-hmm. So uh,
0: that's really cool. That's really cool. I, I love the I incredibly
3: meta joke of uh, Andrew Garfield giving <laughs> uh, Toby Maguire a back uh, massage. Oh my god! That uh-huh. scene, the fact that they uh-huh. just sit in that scene
2: for so long <laughs> is so great. It's so great.
3: I mean, I mean, if, but then,
0: if then, what's the better joke for those who don't? Yeah. Know?
3: So so, like in uh, like filming of like Spider-Man two, right? Like they, they like Tobey Maguire, like he hurt his back on in Seabiscuit and was almost mm-hmm. not going to return in Spider-Man two. And they uh, like basically recast him with Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, <laughs> yes, and before yes. like there was like an argument with the managers and they worked it out and got him back. And then in the Spider-Man two movie, they made fun of it. By having him like jump off of the building like I said in my intro I'm back I'm back and then he falls and, and hurts his back and he goes my back my back yeah And so, like it both works as like a reference to that in the Sam Raimi movies and a reference to like Toby's own like crises with maybe losing the part Um. so yeah. uh, I thought that it, it really all comes down hysterical. to Jake
1: Hall, just trying to rip things away from people like that's yeah, really absolutely yeah so much of this wow double double meta double meta i mean the you guys were talking about the first act of this movie um it is weird to me that no point peter parker decided to just like say hey guys um that's not true none of that is true instead of there yeah it's (laughs) something do something uh hey guys i helped save the universe at least give me give me some credit me some credit to like say my piece here uh instead they hide uh in their easily findable apartments and uh, a weird condo for some reason like a lot of that stuff didn't make sense to me it is sort of like dr strange saying, uh you'd rather cast a magic spell than you know talk to the people at mit uh <laughs> There, there, it seems like a lot of this movie even could have been avoided if Peter Parker was just like, hey, guys, I, yes, I am Spider-Man, but uh, hey, that, that's not true. And we, we, they have all this. They have footage from the drones. They can prove this.
3: Come on. I, I don't know, Devendra. Do you live in, in this universe where people go yeah. on TV and lie and people believe it all the time?
1: I, I mean, yes. Except <laughs> uh, I, I think at certain points people at least try to say, hey, no, that's a lie. And Spider-Man was too afraid to say that.
3: Mm-hmm. you know yeah mm-hmm. i guess that's fair uh, i don't yeah, know I'm just kid, something so uh, uh,
1: jay jonah jameson certainly would have loved to have him on his podcast you know and that's i do like what that he's a, he's a great kind of
0: uh, imitation of alex jones i thought that's like like that that would be who yeah. jay jonah jameson is today if yeah. he's a bugle
3: supplement oh <laughs> my so, god yes. i lost it it's Very uh, good.
1: And he starts off as basically a, a nothing podcaster, right? The first scene is just him with a <laughs> crappy green screen behind him, and cut to uh, later on, uh, he has a full Fox studio behind him. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. This is actually one of the first movies I've ever seen where
0: playing the video game of the character <laughs> mm-hmm. gave me a greater appreciation of the movie. Um, Yeah, yeah. maybe one of them, you know, one of the instances in which that's happened. But like, I played the Spider-Man PS4 and PS5 games. Mm -hmm. And uh, the fact that Aunt May works at Feast, you know, is a key plot point in those games. And uh, now I don't, now I have all that backstory filled in for me. I don't, you know, it's like, oh, she does like helping other people, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So
3: I anyway. just love that like I get to listen to Dave Chen talk about Aunt May working at Feast. Like what universe do I live in right now? <laughs> what yes.
0: universe? Yeah. Yes. I, I'm aware of this now. Oh, oh so on that note, I you know, I don't know that this trilogy has done honor to Aunt May, but this one at least
1: gave her some shit to do. You know gave like, her some stuff to do. Um, you know, yeah. And Mar- Marissa Tomei does not have to do much, to be honest. Like, just she is instantly compelling as Aunt May, but yeah, I would have loved to see her do more in those earlier yeah, films, for sure. Uh, she, Other than unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately,
0: this version of Aunt May does not, like, doesn't make as much of an impression story-wise uh, you, as, as the says original you. one in the Raimi films, I would say. I,
3: I don't even know if I feel like she, that her delivering that line makes sense to that character. Like, right. my right. understanding of her is she's kind of like, you know, uh, like a, you know, a bit, uh, I, I don't know, like, like freewheeling kind of like, um, mm-hmm. not, not punk, but like, kind of like, uh, like former hippie, yeah, you know, yeah, and, and yeah. like to see her kind Free of like spirit. moralizing like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I didn't, I don't think she would, would not say that, but I was like kind of surprised mm-hmm. to see her like kind of get a line of that, uh, like import. Uh, from a character that, like, we've really only seen as kind of being flirtatious with Happy, you know, yeah, um, it's no. it's true. That's fair like,
1: enough. That's fair enough. We'd love to see I, her give him some actual lessons. Yeah, in the uh, in the previous films. Yeah, just, I yeah. mean,
3: I think about like Rosemary Harris from Spider-Man Two mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. the speech she gives Toby when they're packing. So up good, her so house. good. It's really yeah. so powerful.
0: Like, I was yeah. so moved by that. And yeah. Um, uh, by the way, here is a movie pet peeve that this movie did not do. Okay. It always bothers me when in a movie uh, that people are waiting, like high school kids are waiting to hear back from college uh-huh. and they all get these thin envelopes. Yeah. And it's like, oh, are you are you gonna get in or not? If you you know, spoiler if you're in high school listening to this, but <laughs> the basically, thin envelopes are in, bad. Yeah. If you get into a college, they don't send it in a thin envelope. <laughs> they send a huge packet of shit. Yeah. They send you and a brochure. I'm, I'm huge always thing. so annoyed yeah. at these, like, we're building up to this massive scene where we open up the letters and oh, did they get in? And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, you got accepted in this thin envelope. Nope, that's not how it plays out. So <laughs> I was like, oh, David Chen, prepare to be annoyed by the fact that they all have thin envelopes, and one of them's gonna yeah. get in. But then yeah. I was like, "Nope, none of them got it." And I was like, "They, you they got packets." Movie. You, you know nailed what? it! I you I remember
1: it. the day I got my college packet, and that was the the journey that started me uh, towards meeting David Chen. Yeah. You know, so like yeah. that's important stuff. You remember exactly. You things. want
0: to get those details right. I think is what you're
1: saying. Get it those so. details right. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah. yeah. I also all David Chen it, had
3: to do was make a deal with a wizard. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> The the uh, the other thing that's pretty amazing to me about this movie is that uh, Zendaya, who mm-hmm. you know, if you've seen Malcolm and Marie or even mm-hmm. or even Dune, you're like, that is a woman. That is a yeah. woman. In yeah. this movie, is like, oh no, that's that's just a little girl. <laughs> yeah.
0: she's, I mean, she, supposed she, to be she's a high, high schooler right in this. Yeah, she,
2: she is. Right. Th- somehow they make her this this like powerful, statuesque, <laughs> stunning woman feel like just uh, just this girl high, high school girl it's it's yeah. uh, it's amazing you, you I mean,
1: guys have not seen euphoria and i would highly recommend you watch euphoria but also as parents it will uh, it will certainly terrify you jeff yeah. um mm-hmm. yeah she is she is incredible in euphoria so she she is what mid 20s now but she could still con- conceivably play a teen but she is also at this crossover point where things are weird things are just very weird I liked, uh, I liked that ending sequence with where they say goodbye to each
0: other. I thought it was actually genuinely moving. Mm-hmm. All that stuff at the end I thought was really powerful stuff. So, um, Alright, folks. Anything else in the movie? Dan Kavazin, anything else you wanted to mention about Spider-Man or shall we wrap it up?
3: I think it's a good place to leave. I mean, uh, I, this movie has really been growing on me. And, and talking to you guys, like I just find more and more to appreciate about it. And I, I'm looking forward to seeing it in theaters again and and really, like, you know, uh, I mean, look, I've done a show for 10 years about Spider-Man. So, like, it's easy to say that I, <laughs> I've, I wrestle with interpretations of him. And this is one that I'm very eager to return to and, and keep thinking about. And um, I at least think that that's a sign that they're, they're like doing it right. Like, they're not doing this, like, half-ass. Like, they, they've really thought and considered what it is they're doing with this character.
2: Mm-hmm. I think the future is dim, for this character,
1: <laughs> <laughs> a little a little inky black, yeah. We, I had, think, a I, run, we had a we, good I run, Jeff. I think these yeah.
2: these three movies uh, really really were were wonderful, but man, I think we're in for some terrible Spider Man movies coming.
0: <laughs> I agree. It's really a bummer, um, but hey, you know, don't uh, don't be sad that it's over. A smile that it happened at all.
2: You know, and and like Dan said, we still have into the Spider Verse, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: At the end of the day, it's still pretty impressive that John Watts made a movie. So yeah. I think we can wrap it up there. If you can find more episodes of this podcast at filmcast.com, Email us at, slash filmcast at gmail.com. Back us on Patreon at patreon.com slash filmpodcast. Our spoiler bumper comes from filmmaker and YouTuber Kyle Corwith. Uh, our weekly plugs music comes from Noah Ross. This episode was edited by Baby Zhang. Dank of Austin, thanks again for joining us today. We really appreciate it, man.
3: Yeah, I always have fun. And, uh, you know, uh, don't despair too much, Jeff, because if the, even if we get bad Spider Man, we're going to get a new Spider Man movie every year or two years. So, <sighs> yeah. Oh, well, you know so what I mean? it might
0: be bad, but at least there's going to be a lot of it.
3: Yeah. Well, I'm, I mean, like, eventually they're bound to hit every now and again. And, um,. I'm looking forward to joining you guys for those conversations. All <laughs> right. Oh,
2: that just means you'll be with us more often. Okay, now I think that is good news.
3: <laughs> oh, see, look at that. See, what, 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 a, what a way to look at it.
0: Next week, we'll be discussing the Matrix Resurrections on this podcast. Matrix Resurrections. Uh, have a pretty awesome guest for that one, and hopefully it all works out, and hopefully uh, we are going to get be able to get our patrons that review early if we can. Mm-hmm. But uh, tune in for that. And until then, we'll see you later.